Hailing frequencies are open. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Clear Skies, our Star Trek Adventures live play here with the Stream Punks. Good evening, everyone. How are you all, my friends? Um, it's good to see all your, your faces. Um, we're going to go ahead and jump into some announcements tonight. Um, I'm going to go ahead and kick things off as we start our session tonight, because mark this day, it's been a while. I have an announcement, y'all. <laughs> Uh, so this starting this coming Saturday in March from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Gary Gygax Khan's uh, the the Gary Gygax Khan channel on Twitch, which is twitch.tv Gary Khan Gaxmore G A X M O O R. Uh, I am going to be playing D and D for once uh, in a game run by Jason Charles Miller, um, and uh, I also I'm very excited, Sam, because I get to finally play with Abria. Um, oh! <laughs> who, oh my gosh! Who, uh, you yeah. buried the lead. No. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I buried the lead, but I finally get to. And I guess B Dave's there too. Oh, but, my, oh um, my gosh! That's such a good costume for such a treat. Yeah, it's pretty I'm good. So excited it's, for you, Vivica. Um, Adriana Casador, I believe her name is, uh, B. Dave Walters, Abria, and Jason Charles Miller is running the game. And I finally get to play my orc monk Leaf, who I created and sort of shared his backstory on Twitter. So it's really exciting. So that'll be starting up um, this this coming Saturday, and it's going to lead us into Gary Con. I'm finally getting to play Dungeons and Dragons. I cannot, I think it was 2015 was the last time I was actually a player. And I'm, I'm not kidding. I think that was the end of my longstanding campaign. So I'm, uh, I'm happy to finally get to play again. Um, all right, I'm passing the buck on. Who else has got any announcements tonight? Oh yes, Xander. Yay. So uh, this weekend, it's going to be uh, the Gen Con Spring Showcase. So I'm going to be participating with the other cast members from Troubles in Otari, our Pathfinder series. We're playing completely new different characters, but we're uh, staying within like the Paizo world. So we'll be playing Pathfinder. Um, and that's on uh, Saturday the 6th at 5 p.m. Pacific on the Gen Con Twitch channel. All right. Anybody? Yeah. Yes, Aki. Uh, speaking of D and D, uh, I just recently had an announcement for uh, D and D as well. Um, I, gosh, I have a weird echo on my end. I'm so sorry. I'm getting distracted by it. Mm. <clears throat> uh, Critical Bard is launching a Wild Mount campaign, DM'd by Gil the Blogsmith, and starring Critical Bard, myself, Mike, I guess, Nick the Tapling, Michael Critz, and the Opera Geek, uh, starting on March 20th at 1:30 p.m. And I'm super stoked. I'm bringing back the very first character I played ever in D&D when I first started it back up again four years ago. Uh, they are being revived for this campaign and it should be a lot of fun. Sweet. Yeah. All right, does anybody else have a yes, Bonnie? Hi, everyone. Um, <laughs> so if you are in New Jersey <laughs> randomly, and are like, hey, I want to go and do something. Uh, on Friday, March 5th, I am singing female lead vocals in a Meatloaf Jim, Jim Steinman tribute show uh, at the Landis Theater in Vineland, New Jersey. It is COVID safe. Uh, they've spaced out seats very, very far away in pairs of two. Uh, masks are required. A bunch of crazy stuff but um if you're adventurous and you want to come rock out with meatloaf music 
I come and hear me sing in New Jersey. I love you, Bonnie Gordon. I, I love you, Bonnie and everything. Um, I love you, Bonnie Gordon. Thank you. I love you, Bonnie Gordon. I I would have not known that that before that <laughs> statement was going. I, yeah, I, I was like, I was like, Bonnie just starts talking, and within like three words, Xander is like <laughs> beside himself laughing, and I'm like, "What is Bonnie coming. going to say?" <laughs> and meatloaf in New Jersey is not what I saw coming. Uh, technically, it's the legendary pot roast. It's right. a right. meatloaf. Sorry, uh, sorry. Big difference, but no, it's a it's a really fun show, and uh, I'm pretty much singing in every song. Wait, it's the actual meat meatloaf, and not the singer meatloaf. <laughs> Yeah, so it's just a giant platter of meatloaf, and then I sing to it, and and I would do anything for love, but I won't do that, and we'll see what that is. So you'll have to come to the show and find out what what it is. <laughs> Why did you kill the captain before the game started, Bunny? <laughs> Why? You killed the captain. The game hasn't started yet. You um, always healthy and ambitious crew. I, I didn't of mean to kill Sam, but, but they're a dead ringer. For love. Hey. hey. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm done. Speaking of the captain, uh, tell me about power play. <gasps> oh my gosh. Oh. Oh my god. Um. Um. I can't. I can't use words. Um. Gosh. All right. Power play is a superhero comic book style role playing game GM'd by Rick Budd of Tempting Fate and writer uh, on the first season of Shields of Tomorrow and on Fast and like a bunch of great RPG stuff and so he is GMing B Zelda, Omar Najam, Caitlin Bruder aka Moss and I play and it's the second season and it oh uh, Look, we just we just played yesterday, so I have I have a lot of feelings. I have a lot of feelings, and if you also want to partake in them, uh, that's on Sundays at five p.m. PST on Q Times. Please watch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's so Sweet. Good. I love it so much. Anybody else got anything before we jump into tonight's adventure? My God, Gina DeVivo, yes. It's not a confirmed date yet, but uh, just so everyone knows, uh, follow Pixel Circus and probably me uh, uh, because we're trying to get the um, part two of Ragnarok scheduled. And uh, yeah, you should do that because Xander and I are pretty uh, epic characters on that. And it, it's fun <laughs> to get revisited for its finale. Sorry, I, I have one more thing to add, mostly because if you'd missed Gina and I in the episode of um, Alice is Missing that we did on Sunday, please go back and watch it on Good Time Society. It was so good, and I had such a great time, and I could not have asked for a better cast to play the first time with, and it was mm. so good. It's a beautiful game. My also, own. everyone, come to New Jersey. Also, Meatloaf is in New Jersey, and Bonnie well, will be no. singing to the Meatloaf. The legendary um, pot roast is in New Jersey. Singing um, Meatloaf with me. All right. The Unless end. there's any other announcements, we had a few of them tonight. Bef well, before I before I before I toss this out here, actually, let me let me say this. I want to take a moment to give a big shout out and love to our mods. In particular, I want to give a huge shout out and love to Chandra, who does our credits every month for the Patreon. She does it. 
she 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 pokes me and says, "Hey, you haven't sent it to me yet." And then when I send it to her, before I can even profoundly like thank her for for doing this for us, she thanks me for giving them to her. Um, uh, <laughs> I know that's just professionalism and being nice, but the the truth is, is I just want to underscore that uh, our mods here at Q Times and across our Twitch channels are the heart and soul of stream punks and we love them dearly so i love you guys thank you so much for constantly making this a thing that functions <laughs> and uh, protecting our community and looking after everyone we really appreciate it we got your back and thank you thank you for having ours having said that now are there any other announcements before we jump into tonight's game okay oh yes sam i'm excited mm. Mmm. Mmm. Yeah. Mmm. All right, let's go ahead and jump into tonight's episode of Clear Skies. <laughs> I'm just, I don't, I, I honestly think Unicron would eat a Borg cube. I, th I don't think, because Unicron's a planet, so it's not really a contest. Look, and Unicron would do anything for love, but. <laughs> I'm just saying. And he was Nobody should be asked to eat a Borg. That's just cruel and unusual punishment. Um, mm, you're, giving, you're giving me ideas for a villain in this season. Dun dun dun! <laughs> the face that Gina's making. What the fuck villain is that? <laughs> my mind went so many places during that, and then you said that you're gonna make them a villain, and my brain had stuck on one in particular, and then I was like, that would be bad. <laughs> no. Um. All right. Let's go ahead and jump into tonight's episode of Clear Skies because we left off at a pretty big moment for us. Um, in the last episode, where the USS Ross was basically embarking once more off into the Alpha Quadrant. You all had set course and debarked from Starbase 1, setting off towards Starbase 621. Interestingly enough, the journey across space here in home base is, it, it is, it is, I mean, space is quite vast, as one might say, but what you've noticed is, is that to get from A to B into the unique points that the Ross needs to get to, she's made several stops along the way that were scheduled. 
routine stops to transfer personnel, picking up supplies, that sort of thing. Routine stuff that starships do as they're making their way across the quadrant. But it's new because you guys are used to crossing vast swaths of either unexplored space or passing through Klingon territory trying to get to the next Federation starbase. Everywhere you go, you're within about 60 light years of a Federation starbase. Um, it's a neighborhood now. Y'all are around, still in big pockets of unexplored space here in the Alpha Quadrant. The galaxy, turns out, is quite large. And even, um, even the... Even the places of territory that the United Federation of Planets has claimed as its own, despite the fact that they stretch across the quadrants, it's still large enough where you guys are constantly coming across pulsars and comets that have never been documented before as y'all are making your way across the galaxy. You are about two days out from Starbase 621. We start tonight's episode on the bridge of the USS Ross as y'all are proceeding at warp seven, two days away when a chirping sound comes through the tack con and prawl immediately says captain i'm receiving a yes. distress signal what's the source triangulating its location all right a few moments later he brings up a file on the main screen segmented it off from the main view screen where you see it at warp Distress call originates at a planet called Zortonis Four. It is a Federation colony, not far from Starbase Six Two One, really. About as you would say, two days out, but still close enough to the front lines that this would have been uh, a colony that would have probably been on one of the f like a front line colony during the Dominion War. This colony uh, was settled about ten years ago. Um. The distress, the distress call is just looping. It looks like it's a general alert. And Prawl says, I'm not getting any voice, just a general text alert coming through, looping again, requesting Federation assistance. Looks like the transmission probably started a few, just a few hours ago. Well, we're certainly closest, so let's get to it. Friend swivels back to Hi, Captain. Setting mm -hmm. course. And the Ross makes a quick course adjustment and proceeds. It takes about 30 minutes for you to arrive in system. As the Ross comes out of warp, I'm going to ask our science officer to do the routine sensor scan of the system. So whoever wants to roll for the Ross may. But this is your standard sensors plus science roll. Um, okay, great. Uh, that is going to be three successes, my friend. Okay, that's going to be at least three momentum. And what did the Ross get? Two? So five momentum total to start the game. Not bad. <laughs> what am I seeing down there? All right, so you get... Here's what you get. Uh, the Zortonis, this is, Zortonis system is not a remarkable system. It has a yellow star that's roughly the size of Sol. There are four objects in the system. There's an asteroid belt uh, located around the sun a micro class D planet that's not too far away from that asteroid belt. The next item in system is also an asteroid belt. Um, lots of rock floating through the system. And there is a large class, uh, or rather this is a gas giant, roughly the same size as Jupiter. So <laughs> quite large, but then gas giants are. And then the final planet in the system, which is actually not far from where the Goldilocks zone would be in this star system is Zartonis 4, 
which is class K planet. Class K means it's habitable, but usually requires a biodome or environmental systems to sustain the colony. And what you get just from this this preliminary scan, Lacat, is this world looks like it is vibrant with life. And there's a single colony of about 400 life forms. And what is the atmosphere mainly like comprised of? Because if they need that biodome, what, what, what would protect them? Um, looks like the atmosphere is actually composed of nitrogens, oxygen. It looks like very comparable to Earth's atmosphere, in fact. Um, so it's questionable as to the average temperature is also within range. The average temperature is about 29 degrees Celsius. So a warm world for sure, but every indication from what you're seeing from the water that's located on the planet to the plant life that is numerous all over the world, this for all intents and purposes should be class M. However, the file that comes up on Zortonus 4 indicates that there is actually an ecological component that makes it very dangerous to breathe the air through extended periods of time. None of those are chemical related. In fact, it seems to be biologically related. Um, if you'd like to spend a momentum, I can give you more information. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, so Tonus 4 is a world that is currently in development. The from what the file says, the Federation files state that Zertonus Four is a colony that is currently undergoing a very delicate process of colonization on the world itself. This has mostly to do with the ecosystem. Apparently the world itself is saturated with sporadic life form. So the air actually has a oversaturation of spore life, which is a huge component of a very robust and resilient ecosystem. However, there's fear that changes to the atmosphere or any of the current wind currents or anything that normally happens through colonizations or terraforming might damage that ecosystem. So instead, the colonists and the Federation are taking their sweet time and not developing any further until they have a complete understanding of how this ecosystem has worked. This process, according to the file, was only supposed to take a few years. War kind of gums things up sometimes. The colony has been here for 10 years. The Dominion War pretty much slammed a halt to everything. You also note that in the file that this was the this system was the location of a battle during the Dominion War. Um, the USS Anime, an Akira-class starship, engaged two Dominion warships in system. Um, the file doesn't go into detail. It looks like a lot of it is not readily available unless captain wants to take a good look themselves or the first officer does. But essentially what ended up happening is this Akira class starship destroyed two Dominion warships in the course of the battle. However, was so severely damaged that she had to be scuttled and the crew was rescued. Um, can I, we have four more momentum, correct? I think so. Can uh, I use one more momentum to ask a question? What's up? Um, so I guess my final question is also, um, from my scans, what can I observe or extrapolate from the actual, like, distribution of populations on this planet? Um, you, you would see that currently, so the, the scans, well, first of all, the, the colonization file tells you that the full complement of colonists is roughly mm -hmm. 500. 
Okay. But right now, the full population is closer to 400. So when this colony started 10 years ago, it had 100 more people living here. Why they're not here is up to debate. But it doesn't look like there's an immediate files to indicate if they left or if they were killed or if they died. Um, but currently, right now, planet side, there are approximately 404 colonists. Um, may I inquire about something? Sure. What would you like to know? Um, does the Federation have any sort of supply logs? If this colony was only supposed to be um, inhabited for um, an estimation of a few years, 10 would uh, indicate a much um, uh, higher uh, like deterioration. Um, has the Federation throughout the war been providing them with supplies to uh, provide maintenance and the like? So to try and infer what this emergency might be about? I would say make a roll on this one. Okay. I would say, I would say roll reason plus command. And I'll set the difficulty at one. Okay. Command, reason, got it. Because a lot of what you're reading in the file, Exio, is you and kind of reading between the lines of interpreting, of trying to anticipate why the Federation made some of the decisions that made the colony. Two successes. Okay, so gain of momentum. Um, so what you get is that the colony was built about 10 years ago. The Dominion War breaks out, and it looks like the Federation advised the colonists to evacuate. They didn't. Because <laughs> colonists can be notoriously stubborn sometimes. Um, however, a large reason why is a huge swath of the community of this colony is in fact scientific in nature and engineering in nature. This was a large swath of the colony was designed to study the ecosystem on the planet and they didn't want to abandon it to the fires of war. However, the Federation seems to have cautioned the colonists that by not that's my coffee going off <laughs> um the federation uh the federation did let them know that by staying on this planet they might make this planet a target the federation has since the war had regular supply runs to this colony but this colony apparently gauging from what the file says what you uncover and you would recognize this immediately olin and uh and Azri is that this has a designation on the file that is somewhat new and designates this colony a ultra low priority colony. Right now, this entire sector of space is being strained from rebuilding and supply distribution. Up until recently, up until this distress call, this colony has been self-sustained and hasn't demonstrated any problems. They have not needed anything except for the usual supply run. So the Federation has kind of been letting it fly on autopilot and delivering whatever they needed as they needed. But for the most part, after all this time, the colony does sustain itself. It seems to have replicators. It has environmental systems to protect the colonists. It is, for all intents and purposes, a modern, early-stage Federation colony on a Class K planet. Um, I will say that, like, down in engineering, the, all of the information that we've been gathering has been fed down into the different departments, and everybody's just kind of watching the news as we're <laughs> moving forward. Sure. So Tech will grab a couple of, or one of the Enviro suits and head over to the med bay. Okay. And 
Taking initiative, you just snatch one of the environ suits out of the wall. A couple of buttons pressed on the wall. The wall goes slides out of an alcove, and you just pull off the helmet, roll it over your arms, and start heading straight for the med bay. Mm -hmm. uh, a few minutes later, the doors to the med bay open, and Chief Tech comes walking with an enviro suit slumped over his arm. Doctor, have you been watching what's going on? Uh, yes, I have been trying to keep informed. And I'll plump the suit down <laughs> on one of the bio beds. Uh, I wondered if we could look at some of the the spore files that have been coming in from the engineering departments on the on the planet surface. Maybe we can modify these suits to make sure that we're safe. Uh, it seems pretty hazardous down there. That's a wonderful idea, Chief. Let's uh, get started on that right away in case we do need to go down in a waiting. And we'll start modifying and cross-checking the uh, environmental conditions of the planet. Someone's bucking for promotion. Yeah. Right. Someone's <laughs> nose browning. Man. Just kidding. <laughs> Look, a planet with an atmosphere that's not entirely habitable. Doctor, modify this immediately. <laughs> I'm we're on it. Together. Captain's going to call and we're going to impress the shit out of them. Yeah. Um, and yes. it has been so long since the last time he was arrested. <laughs> we we don't remember that. What, no what one's gonna that? remember that whole incident on Starbase, <laughs> no, on the Ranger Station. Uh, okay. Can um, we raise them on comms uh, on the bridge? Prawl says, attempting to raise them now, Captain. Establishing a channel. Some interference. Hold on. All right, I've got it coming through right now, Captain. Coming up on the screen, you see a Grazerite, one of the member council races of the Federation. Um, he looks worn from the moment he appears on the screen. Looks like he's wearing uh, a tunic, uh, sort of, it's one of those like all-purpose, well-weathered tunics that can survive in just about any environment and keep the wearer dry. It's, so it's very hardy looking, but it's also quite refined with folds over the tops and, and kind of creasing, just like well-fitted across the shoulders, indicating probably somebody of some important stature, judging by the way that it, it sits on him, kind of indicates that you're talking to a leader of the community. But as it comes up, you do see the Federation file on the side of the view screen, Captain, beginning to appear and give you some information on who this is. And sure enough, as his face appears on screen, uh, you see him uh, attempt a smile and say, this is Yonti of the Zotonis colony. Uh, I didn't recognize your class of starship. She's in a class all by herself. I'm Captain Asri Sol of the Federation starship Ross. We got your yeah. distress call. What can we do for you? Um, we've had an accident down here. Uh, in just a short amount of time, there's an explosion at one of our environmental facilities here in the colony. It has caused a lot of the protection that we have for the citizens here at the colony to flounder. We don't know what the cause of the explosion was just yet, but it was enough to severely damage the environmental systems that protect our breathable air. I've ordered all colonists indoors, and those who wander outside their doors are being made to wear their breathable masks. Uh, you do know about our plight here on Zoratonis 4? I understand there's some kind of sporadic life in your oh. air? Yes, that's correct, Captain, yes. 
uh, spores in the atmosphere, harmless with the breathable mask on. They are inhalants. You can't breathe them in or cause problems. Um, we, as a standard, whenever we wander outside the colony, we wear face masks. Now inside the colony, everyone is wearing face masks. We've had numerous colonists come down sick in just a matter of hours. So it sounds like you need some supplies and perhaps some engineering expertise. Oh, yes, if you could supply any help to help restore environmental systems. We'll put together an away team and get some of our people down there to help you. Thank you, Captain. Sure. Happy to help. It's all out. Uh, the, as the calm vanishes uh, and you see the the beautiful almost it has an almost purplish glow to the atmosphere of this planet. Um, the way the, apparently the atmosphere itself is so saturated with spores um, that it actually refracts light in the upper atmosphere and causes this strange iridescent, almost like northern light style glow to spread across the upper atmosphere, like bioluminescent planet itself, kind of shining when it hits the sunset in particular. Um, but it also underlines how much life must be present on this world. Olin. He was afraid. You could clearly sense it from him as you were watching the view screen. Your empathy picked it up from with, with incredible ease. He was doing what he could to hide it, but he's borderline terrified right now. Um, Captain, I know this is standard practice, but we should definitely make sure whatever security detail we send down there is very competent. Something about the way he was expressing himself was... He seemed really rather terrified of something. I'm not entirely sure what it is. But I don't think he was giving us the whole story. I don't right. think the collapse of environmental systems was enough to explain it. Um, I think that would, of course, be worrisome, and the threat to the rest of his people, of course, would, I think, uh, rightfully worry anyone, but there was, I think there was something more to it than that. It's possible I might be reading too much into it, but it's better safe than sorry. He, he seemed very scared. Well... Commander, you heard the ambassador. Better safe than sorry. Music to your ears, I know. Hmm. No, Olin is, Olin is definitely right. Usually a distress signal only a few hours uh, and not much relief upon a rescue. I, I think I think Olin is definitely on to something. Um, Lieutenant Lucat, can you correspond with the planet and see what um, their what their data is on the sickness that has taken over some of their members? If they're wearing masks indoors and they seem to have everything handled for the moment with rescue, maybe the sickness is further along than they're letting on. It's entirely possible. It would also explain the dip in the population or the discrepancy in the population numbers. Um, yeah, can I roll for that, Eric? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You basically want to connect with their database. It's a Federation database. You can actually access that from the ROS easily. Awesome. So um, I, would, I would say that's a, uh, well, the, I think the ROS would actually use computers here. No, so, I'm use a computer. Don't make Jane use a computer. Don't make Jane use a computer, please. <laughs> um, uh, for you, I'm going to say this is, uh, this would be, a, for you, this is quite simple. This is a reason science, but oh, okay, great. The, the assistance from the Ross is going to be, uh, <laughs> somebody's happy. Yeah, I am happy. <laughs> the Ross, I think, is going to use uh, computer's command. Amazing. Can I? Actually, actually make that computer's medicine for the Ross. How many successes and on the difficult, difficulty Sorry. is one. Whoever Thank wants to roll it. Can I use my xenobiology focus on this? Not on this one, but you do have you you have other ones that would come into play. But I have survival. What are your other focuses? Because you're you're a botanist, aren't you? I am, but actually, botany is not one of the ones that I have on there. Hey, that's not unusual, though. You can get a degree in botany and then find out that as you become a Federation officer that damn xenobiology is cool. I mean, it's fine. Um, you rolled a one and a two, but still. Oh, yeah. So you have three successes. one from the Ross. And one from the Ross. Okay, so y'all are maxed out on momentum now. Perfect. Uh, uh, so um, remind me real quick, because it's been a while, but obtain information. Does that double every time you ask for it? Is it one and then two and then four? No, it's no? Okay. linear. Uh, the studious talents to buy one, get one, as far as I know. Gotcha. Okay. Um, all right. So you wanted to find out what exactly was it again, Lacat, that you were looking for? So basically, I want to see how much I can figure out about the actual disease that is like um, affecting this population. And right. uh, yeah, just anything you can tell me about it. And the then maybe even just like, get how many like uh, members of the said population are currently infected. Uh, so the effects of the spores are actually well documented because they, uh, about two develop, uh, two Starfleet Corps engineers, when they were building this colony, two of them got infected. There is absolutely, currently, back then, there hasn't been an infection since, but back then were the only two reported cases. And since then, there is no reported known cure. What are the uh, symptoms of infection? First, the indication that you have been infected is a blue iridescent ring begins to form around your pupil, indicating that you've been infected with spore. It does actually have mild bioluminescence, so it causes the ring around your iris to glow soft blue. And then it becomes less pretty after that. Uh, what follows afterwards is disorientation and dizziness. Next is numbness in the hands and feet, followed by paralysis, then eventually blindness, and then death. Um, does it, what, what system in the body does it tend to attack? Is it going for your respiratory system? But if it's, if it's going for the numbness in the hands and feet, yeah, yeah just like to It's nervous system. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. It, it enters. It enters through. Uh, it's an air, it's an aerosol form. So it's it's basically you inha it's an you inhale it. If this once the spores are inhaled and they get inside you that way, you can touch them apparently, and it's not a problem. Um, but if they ever, yeah, if they are breathed in, if they enter into your, what's the timeline of infection? Uh, usually takes about three days 
from the moment you are infected um, in about three days, usually patients have uh, become completely paralyzed. Um, by day five is when they lose the ability to see. And then from there it varies, but it's usually a week after that patients die. So if only a few have started to show symptoms, it's possible the entire colony could be heavily infected. We need to move quickly. I will inform the doctor or ping the doctor yeah. right now. You, there is a list of currently in like the, this list, by the way, uh, LeCat has been updated very recently. <laughs> um, but there is a list of about 10 colonists that are sick right now. Copy that. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that Exio is wrong. It just means there are 10 people presenting symptoms right now. One of them, by the way, is the chief medical off doctor of the colony. Great. Dr. Steven I want to make sure that obviously McCrell is getting all this information. And McCrell, do you have any questions or anything that I, you want me to research up on? We have to get down there now. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> eyes are glowing. Safely. Children of the corn. Okay. <laughs> um, Prawls pipes up and says... Uh, the spore, spore. This is spore, Macrell, not corn. Children of the spore. <laughs> Children um, of the corn spores. Prawl finally pipes up and gets on the comms and says, "This is Prawl, the chief tech." Go for tech. I'm still in the med bay across from Macrell. Yeah, you're sitting there modifying <laughs> this thing and looking up at Macrell as you're saying all this. Um, Prawl says, "Chief, have you been following what's been going on?" Yeah, I mean, as close as I can. You heard about the explosion at the environmental facility? Yeah, we should get to replicating some parts that we could bring down. How likely is it for a facility like that to just blow up? Oh, there are a ton of safeguards in place. I mean, it's astronomical, the odds that this would be happening. It's... Oh. Captain, Prawl looks at you and says, Captain, I agree. A full security detail would be uh, would be ideal. Very well. Set it up. Aye, Captain. And look at see if we can't get an aerial scan of the facility that blew up at this distance with our high resolution sensors. We should be able to see every mark on it and maybe get a bit of a forensic analysis of our own. I agree completely. All right, we I can. think we thinking the exact same thing, Captain. Um, this is a little too convenient. Um, okay, yeah, I would love to do a forensic analysis of this bad boy. Uh, okay, Captain, you can assist with this since you've given the order. And LaCat, go ahead and roll your reason science. Of course, the Ross is going to roll her sensors science. And Captain, you got your command roll here, your presence command. What's the difficulty on this? I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to set the difficulty for this at... I'll set it at three. And okay. you can do information as needed. This will be pretty easy for y'all. And I can use my sensor's focus, right? Yes. Great. 100%. Two successes. Okay. Another one from me. And one from Ross. Okay. So that's four mm -hmm. total. Uh, oh, yes, yes. Right? Yes, because the captain is helping as well. Yes. Right. Okay, so gain of momentum. So up on the view screen, you see cloud cover. 
and you see the Ross zooming in, zooming in right up. And man, oh yeah, those high resolution sensors, Google Earth ain't got nothing on the USS <laughs> As you can imagine, being the 24th century and all. But um, as you zoom in from the atmosphere, you're able to actually, with high resolution sensors in the upper atmosphere, you could zoom down and see the part in someone's hair on fuel, full view screen uh, on the Ross. <laughs> Seeing the facility is not difficult. Okay. Um, what you see when when the when when Yotmi described an explosion at the environmental facility, you were expecting to see like a few windows blown out and maybe like evidence of burn marks or destruction of the side of a building. Mm -hmm. What you see is a scrap heap. It looks like this environmental facility was close to a massive explosion. It is worth noting the environmental facility itself is located somewhat outside the colony. It is the farthest building from the colony. Um, it is located about half a mile north of the colony itself and is attached to the colony by a roadway. And it looks like there are check markers on the way. It looks like the roadway to the facility itself is also lined with those environmental systems so that one would not even need a face mask to walk straight there. Um, however, the power grid is completely shattered on that side of the colony itself. Curiously enough, though, the high resolution sensors don't indicate that the explosion took place within the power plant. What you're seeing is evidence of a building that looks like it's been torn asunder from a wave of energy. Can I? I mean, I feel like this would be, I don't know if this is an obtained information or if it's another role, but um, can I scan to see if there's basically any material there that shouldn't be there? Um, the accelerant or signs exactly. of uh, an energy discharge. Yeah. Chemical uh, energy discharge or old-fashioned shrapnel from something from that like would that would be an obtain information check. Okay, great. Um, and I think we have them. We have one momentum, right? So uh, we have a floating momentum right now. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Then I love to use that. So what you uncover is trace elements of what you would you would expect to find in what looks like a destroyed Federation environmental facility. Like this. Mm -hmm. Torn, torn metal, silicates, all those things that you would see in a completely obliterated building. The computer is actually able to triangulate that a blast wave not far away from this building is what caused the destruction. Um, you can actually see a cratering not too it's far north. The environmental facility is located at the base of what looks like a mountain range. The mountains themselves are not particularly large. I would say somewhat close to what you might see. Sorry for everyone who's watching, but to give you as the players a reference, something you might see in Burbank. So Mountain. mountains, yeah. about, mountains about 500 feet high. Hikeable. Five, five, yeah, not not huge mountains, large mountains, but not 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 like Colorado mountains. Yeah. Um, so, but but enough. It's and they're rocky as well. Mm -hmm. Not a lot and of them covered in plant life. But the last zone looks like something popped nearby. Great. And it so, seems like the blast like the blast the waves seem as if they were traveling from the mountain. Is can I can I ask that? Is that a leading question? Um 
what you i'll give you this what you're yeah. starting to see the the picture that's getting painted is is something mm -hmm. nearby blew up and it took the facility with it beautiful well not beautiful but all right um if you want to make one more sensor check because you're trying to scan to see because i'm giving you obtain information of what mm -hmm. you could you you would learn without a sensor roll yes if you're trying to if you're if you're trying to mm -hmm determine if there's anything else i'm gonna have you roll another uh i'm gonna have you make another sensor check this time not assisted by the captain but the ross just the ross awesome and the difficulty is five. Oh, oh, oh boy um we have a ton of momentum though we have a ton of momentum great then i'm gonna so, want to get a third piece of dice if you wanted I mean, to you could spend three, three and get two dice and oh yeah then let's do it let's Y'all are cool with me being that yes, reckless. Absolutely. Um, amazing. Like a big um, reason science, right? Let's do this. Uh, okay. Okay, let's see. One, two, three, four, five. Five. Because I, I can use my sensors check. Yeah? Yeah, you can use your sensors yeah. Five, so you gain a momentum. Five yeah. successes, and you gain your momentum. Okay. Um, six successes because I got it. I got one too. Right. So five, and you get a momentum. Um, and then what the Ross gives you back is first of all, the, the first indication that something is off is the fact that the explosion apparently has caused a fluctuation in the power grid across the mm -hmm. colony. You're not going to be able to tell why that is from here, but what you are detecting is trace residual energy readings of Polaron energy. Something Excuse you would, me? Polaron energy, which you would not yeah. see, which you would not see in an environmental facility of a, on a Federation colony. Great. Uh, this is <sighs> terrible. Um, it makes me think about, it, no, it makes me think about the, um, the two destroyed ships, right? Captain is immediately going, mm. The Klingon colony, as I mm. recall. Yeah, that too. It's not those Polaron weapons. Well, we're closer to the locus of where those things would be smuggled from. So. Cool. Added excitement. Added excitement. Uh, we might have visitors. We might have just missed them. Um, but we're back to see. I'm gonna uh, look to my left. Oh, yep. Uh, can I can I request to be a part of the away team because I'd like to get a closer look of what exactly is going down there, on down there. Granted. Thank you. Uh, I'm gonna look to my left, look to my right, kind of gauge, both of them. Yeah. Um, they're less affected by spores. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, less that. Um, wouldn't mind just taking a kick uh, at a possible antidote. However, now my internal sensors are concerned at the facility clearly not having logs from an internal explosion um, and why he would be hiding it. Um, and whether. They are aware of an illegal explosion. How'd they survive for 10 years, Captain? 
as a low priority planet? Those sure are the questions and I'm going to flip uh, your ring into your hand like a coin. Let's go find out. Would you right. be so kind as to relay any potential clues or answers to me? I could possibly do a little bit of extra digging up here. Um, Absolutely. Rather not risk the spores, Ambassador? I wouldn't blame you. I don't think I would be of any specific help down there, to be perfectly honest. You mean there's a suspicious explosion? An empath couldn't possibly be of help in finding the perpetrators. You are always useful, Ambassador. If you want me to go down, I'll, I'll gladly go. I just don't want to be in the way. Wherever you think your talents are best used. Again, I won't push you. I know some people get uncom uncomfortable about these things. And I point to Prawl. There is the con security concern. And you're not an officer. If Jane is in the room, you feel, you feel from her that she wants you to come. And Exio kind of watching you of like, you coming? <laughs> uh, I should probably change into something a little bit more appropriate. Tech, are you what going as well? Fashion? Mask, Captain. Mm -hmm. It's fire suit, Captain. <laughs> Jane says exactly as Axio says the mask line. <laughs> it's like they don't have colors. Uh, Is Tech going? Uh as we cut down to the med bay, Tech has been working on this suit with McCrell, and he sets down his pad that he was looking at and looks up at the doctor and just says, Doctor, I think you should go down to the planet, but I'm going to stay on the Ross. I think there's a lot of engineering stuff that I can figure out with the computers up here, but it would be better for you on the planet. I agree that I should go, but Chief, if the issue is an engineering problem, you will be needed on the planet eventually. And I'm not saying that I won't be on call, but there are a few projects that I want to work on up here, and when you guys need me, I'll be ready. I understand. Um, Do you I'm want to send anybody? To... You can st just because you're not sending the chief engineer doesn't mean you can't send an engineer. You have the option. Yeah. You oh, have of course. Cast if you yeah. want to send an engineer down there. So uh, he's going to go over to to um, modif where we've been modifying the suit. Uh, we just got some new information about this polarine radiation, and we got to make sure that these things are really sensitive to that because that is fatal to humanoids. So yes, uh, so like as we're working on it, and is like I shall call it the HSA, the Hardcore Spore Armor. You've been working on that for a while, huh? Only just a few minutes while we were doing the suit. Well, I, I'm going to send Ensendari down with you uh, to take care of any technical assistance that you might need with the station itself. I, I just have wait, a small wait, wait. Hold, hold up. Something just occurred to me. Are you guys, just to clarify for player and GM, because there may oh, yeah. be a quick misunderstanding here. Mm -hmm. Are you guys thinking this is the energy that you found on the Klingon world when you were headed out to the Shackleton Expanse? No, this is just a general Polaron radiation. Was yeah. Mentioned. Okay. 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 Just checking. 
because uh, that was theta radiation. I just wanted to make right. sure there wasn't a confusion. Um, no. right. There's residue of polaronic energy, but there's no radioactive effects taking Got place. It. Just to clarify. I think no the, the Orion Raiders on the Klingon colony had polaron weapons, weapons. which is why it was Correct. salient. Gotcha. Correct. That's, That's all. Correct. And because yeah. this is an explosion, <laughs> that implies the possibility of weaponry, oh. and so that's the association, not the radiation okay. that affected the colonists. Gotcha. Copy. Okay. okay. Understood. Yeah, that's making sure. We're, we use somebody. We use somebody. Start changing terms here. <laughs> yeah. So okay, cool. Um, yeah, we're just amplifying it to be more resistant towards the spores and safe yeah. to. Right. Okay. There. Cool beans. Um, but Ensign Dari should be able to provide assistance. But I do have a favor. Could you please keep an eye on her? She's trying to work on her attitude, and she just sort of needs a guiding presence. I'm sure she's going to do a fantastic job, but I'd feel better than sending her out on her own. You want me to be a mentor? Just keep an eye on her, and if she starts acting up, just do McCrell things. McCrell things? Yeah, like that. Yes. Exactly. Thanks, Doctor. I still don't know what I'm going to do, but that is besides the point. We need to get down there. If there are people sick, I need to assess their ailments immediately. But thank you, Chief. I will keep an eye on your ensign. Thank you. And he'll turn and head towards engineering. Okay. And I'm going to relay to the captain that we have um, environmental suits that are up to par with uh, the information that we've received and are, you know, obviously breathable on planet side. Okay, so right now on the away team, we got a full docket. I've got Lacat, Exio, Prawl, Tech. No, Tech is not going. That's being traded out for Dari. McCrell. And Prawl is going to insist that four security officers follow and the ambassador and the ambassador i do have olin here yeah okay i have a character observation about mccrell i feel like you're just so dang intelligent that you finish your projects faster than you let on and then sit there and plan jokes because <laughs> you're bored <laughs> you're like, you yay yes. and then you're like oh, if i finish it too quick everyone's gonna be like it's just not going to look realistic. I'm going to set an expectation to have to finish things faster. So if I just slow it down a little bit, I'll take my time and yeah. think of a and think of something punny to say when we have completed the task. Love it. Is that what you think? You are right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bear with me because I'm getting our ox crew set up here. We have to have somebody. Okay, cool. And yeah, that'll do. And then security. That'll do. That'll do, donkey. That'll do. Oh, and then uh, I did say that Tech was going to engineering, but for like the majority of the ship uh, operations, he's going to head to the engineering station on the bridge. Okay. Okay. So you're going to be visible to the... Yeah. 
You're going to be in the line of fire, yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, you'd really think people on this ship would expect that a yeah. captain from intelligence would know what people say behind my back. <laughs> Um, okay, so taking over at the science station while the cat is away is Lieutenant Spence, they, them, and Lieutenant Dugan, he, him, is taking over on Prawl's security station. Um, everybody reports to transporter room one as y'all are getting ready to beam down on the first away mission y'all have had since that whole shenanigan with the crystalline entity, which was good times. Um, as the transporter activates, you all begin to materialize down on the colony itself. And the first thing you notice when you materialize in the colony center is that uh, this very beautiful room with lush blue carpets that have been thrown out across the floor and fine like windows looking out over the colony you get an under view immediately of what that beautiful skyline looks like with all the ambient glow coursing through the atmosphere pulsating in the clouds you also get these flashes of yellow indicating that the entire colony is on alert right now um You've beamed into the main foyer area where you see a secretary immediately look up from his desk as you all appear and he goes, oh, you're here. Um, he looks like he's wearing dark tanned robes that have been folded around, but he's also got what looks like as a face mask dangling off the side of his neck, uh, ready to be put on at any moment. Um, he says, oh, I'll show you in immediately. Thank you so much for coming so fast. We've been in a lot of trouble here in the past uh, six hours. Um, this way, please. Uh, as we're walking, I'm just gonna be like, you need to take me immediately immediately to the people who are who are ailing. Of course. Um, once I show you in, I'd be happy to lead you there immediately. The facility is attached to this building. The door is open. Yomti's office is quite humble looking. It's a room that's large enough to suit maybe about 10 people in case there needs to be a large meeting, but the desk itself and the back windows are all quite simple. The windows themselves look like those sort of column symbol windows that are quite thin. And there's just rows of them all along the back wall, casting this beautiful ambient light in. And again, it's sort of bluish in nature because of the upper atmosphere. You can also see that those mountains in the background and the greenery and the other plant life. Also, you can vaguely see the trails of smoke from the facility still drifting up into the atmosphere, not too far from the colony. Um, as you enter, you see he turns around and Olin, the moment you spot him as he swivels in his chair and sees you all walking into his office, a spike of anxiety, of genuine fear. As he forces a smile on his face and not even Exio needs to execute any kind of body language reading protocols for her program to spot that this guy is trying very hard to put on a poker face. Um, he just kind of gives this stretch smile and says, you're here. Good, 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 good. And he stands up and says, thank you so much for responding so quickly. I, I knew we wouldn't have to worry with our Federation friends nearby. Absolutely. I'm sorry? Sorry, pardon me. Um, 
I'm Commander Exio. It is an absolute pleasure to be here Hello, and Commander. make sure that this colony stays safe. Ah, uh, yes. Well, I think you've probably seen by now that our environmental facility is almost a total loss, though our meager engineering teams are attempting to establish a new temporary answer to this problem until the Federation can supply us with a new means of being able to protect us from the air. Of course, we have the best on the planet and working um, topside for you. Um, this is Ambassador Olin Maginil. Um, uh, in order to aid our engineers, help your engineers, I was wondering if you had any logs of your um, environmental facility um, uh, showing signs of distress before the explosion so as to indicate which parts started to fail that caused the explosion so we know how to supply you better. Um, I can give you everything we have, of, of course. Um, just a moment. And he goes down into a data pad and starts entering a few commands and Dari raises her hand and says, I got it, send it to me. And he enters a couple of more commands and you see Dari says, and she starts looking at it and within seconds just goes, are these incomplete? What? No, those are the logs. Okay. This doesn't say anything though. So is it incomplete? No. Okay. Dari looks at you, Commander. <laughs> um, I just sort of, sort of give her a head nod and then look back. <clears throat> yes, well, anyway, uh, feel free to examine those and please let me know what you find. I would hate for this to happen again. Is, is there, was there perhaps anyone working during the time of the explosion that may be able to answer any more questions for us? Well, the facility is fully automated. Um, there shouldn't oh, be. No one was in the facility. Your information on the explosion is incomplete, but I assume that you have a list of the people who are currently sick that need treatment. Yes, yes, that is here. Um, and he hands you a data pad and says, that's currently all the information we have. Uh, right now, Dr. Yen has been working around the clock to help those who are sick. Unfortunately, Dr. Yen himself is sick and recently has started to experience some of the more mild symptoms of the spores. Yes, I see that. Uh, I shall go and, and assess the situation and try and help as much as I can. Thank you. Thank you. Take the security team and, and um, go start helping this colony and its people. It's yeah. at that moment when you say that, Exio, that he notices the security team. And um, oh, and sorry. Paul is just standing there with four security officers behind him. And Olin, that if Grazanites could sweat openly the way humans do, he might be sweating right now. Um, I'm sending everyone else and we're staying, Owen and I. Um, um, he does bring what? up and says, I I'm sorry, why? Is there a full security team here? Is there suspicion that something is wrong? Well, um, 
I have a question. Have you scanned since the um, the explosion? Because there are traces of Polaron energy around the site. Were you aware? No. Uh, no. Uh, to be fair, when the explosion happened, there was a power fluctuation in our energy grid. It was extensive, caused disruptions everywhere. Sensors were down for close to 10 minutes. Well, no matter the necessity for a rescue mission, whenever there is any form of distress, it is always wise for a Federation crew to be prepared. Oh, I see. Protocol then. Yes, of course, of course. That, that makes sense, yes. And as I leave, I'm gonna go, and on that note, I believe a protocol is for the security team to assess and stay with engineering. I don't believe security will be needed with the sick, but uh, I assure you that uh, it is all protocol. And I, I walk out. Prawl gives you a quirked eyebrow. Basically, Prawl is saying, I don't think the sick is going to need security. I think where they're going to investigate might be more important. Sure. But McCrell obviously isn't good at Yeah. <laughs> so he watches you go, and Prawl glances over at you, XEO, waiting for the order. You want him to go somewhere? Um, I still think uh, one officer should accompany the doctor. Agreed. Nods to one of the ensigns who immediately nods back and follows the doctor out. Could use the extra hands, I say back at the other, um, at this person who is not sweating, sweating bullets. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sitting very calmly. Um, yeah. Uh, I think that you, uh, we should all go on the tour together. Um, we should accompany the engineering team as you obviously are the only healthy person currently who has the most knowledge of this facility and you would be much aid to us. Yes, yes, of course, yes. Um, everyone make sure to wear face masks. It's very dangerous out there right now without the facility up and moving. And immediately <laughs> Our entire suits have us covered, but we appreciate the concern. Hmm. Puts his mask on. Um, as he stands, his aide comes up to him and you hear his aide saying, the secretary just saying, um, I'll manage things while you're, while you're gone, counselor. Uh, if there's anything that you need, just let us know. Um, and the counselor just nods to him and says, thank you. Just um, please let me know if I receive any calls while I'm away. Uh, well, no time like the present, shall we? Yeah, you hear Dari say. Because this isn't telling me anything. Then let us go look at the site and we can maybe gather some more information, Dari. Yes, Commander. God, I'm gonna fall in love with Dari. Oh, <laughs> I'm giving and... her the warmest smile. Just, yes. You be your sassy self today. As everyone I'm... is... I'm following. definitely keeping an eye on her from a distance. Okay. Far, well, far it's away. funny because you go this way and they go that way. <laughs> so you yes. watch Dari as she walks along with the rest of the group. I have great eyesight. I'm like, okay. <laughs> mm. um, I'll hear you from afar. 
as y'all are getting ready to exit the facility and step out with face masks on, um, before you guys reach the the front, uh, he stops before he opens the door, and he says, oh, "Commander, you, you're going to want a face mask." That is unnecessary. I do not require breathing. What? And Dari pats him on the back and says, yeah, it's magic. It's pretty crazy. Can we go, please? And he nods and says, I assure you, I will be fine. Everyone starts stepping out. Um, as you all enter into the area of the outdoors of the colony, you are all immediately aware of how thick the air just feels. The spores are not visible to any of you, but the air has that sort of thick, humid feel to it, where it feels like you're just moving through heavy air that's been like, like after maybe a fog is lifted, except for it's not quite so fresh. It's that sort of that damp heat kind of feel. Um, I know that our, our Louisiana native knows what I'm talking about, <laughs> but like, also, like the Mumbai-born person, very oh, God, yes. Yes, yes, Also, yes, the yes. person who lived in Japan in rainy season for twelve years. That's true. Monsoon seasons, yeah. And I'm from South Texas, so we I have no have idea to, what y'all like... are talking about. <laughs> With our powers combined, we create spore land. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ravity, did y'all get mosquitoes? Were the because from what I remember, mosquitoes yeah. on that side of the world are just. Oh, they, like, they just like, bite, they, they're like little ankle biters and they like, yeah. go oh, it's, it's bad. Every yeah. time we used to visit, it was just too much, too much. We um, ankle biters here now. <laughs> you got, like the trick was to just like cover yourselves with like a, like, like something like a, like a very light sheet and like mm -hmm. just mummy yourself in that. So like a, no mosquitoes could get to you, but you still mm -hmm. was like cool enough. And there was like enough ventilation that like air could get in. There's, there's techniques. Also bananas. I don't know if I actually believed in that, but I ate a lot of bananas. Cover That's yourself in mud. That's what we do on the bayou. Yeah, in Louisiana. Louisiana, bayou tish, cover yourself in mud. All right, I'm done. Uh, as a quick side note, I just want to say in Texas, they were all pests, but they were nothing like Louisiana. The deeper south you get, the more insane the insects get. In, in Texas, if you walk into a room and there are cockroaches and you turn on the light, they scatter. In Louisiana, you turn on the light and they say, "What do you want?" Yeah, you put a leash on them and like have you have them like take you to school. <laughs> um, all right. Well, this has been fun. Let's go ahead and jump back into. It. <laughs> um, Lacat does want to go up to Dari and take a look at those incomplete logs too, just real yeah. quick. Yeah, what you you can immediately see that Dari is. Dari looks like she's probably trying to practice some restraint right now. So she's but right. The occasional jaw clench underneath that fair blue skin. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I, I will say, go ahead and make a check real quick. She cool. sees you kind of peering at her data pad, and she immediately holds it up for you. Um, Thanks. I would um, say make an insight engineering check at a difficulty of one. Oh, you can use reason engineering actually. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. And, and you said difficulty of one because I only got one. Difficulty is one. Okay. Yeah. You see what's probably agitating her. Okay. The reading, just stop. Which, yeah, okay. The facility blows up. But what's wild about the readings is, is they indicate 
that everything was functioning perfectly normal. There is no data in this facility that indicates that anything was going wrong. It just blew up. Okay, so <laughs> Dari, when you look at when Dari's holding this up, after you finish like glancing at, you look up at her and she looks at you like, yeah, <laughs> like she's got this irritated look on her face as she's holding the data pad and looking at you. Okay, I need to. Okay, um, so it never resumes. It's just, I mean, obviously, that's what makes the whole yeah, place. Yeah, the data code is um, readings, internal sensor readings of the environmental facility. Well, sorry, I, I think this is probably the first conversation, real conversation we're having without tech present. So, but I think you may have come to know that I'm a very suspicious person. I like that about you. Most people are assholes. It's usually safe to presume that they all are, in my experience. In my experience, there are good assholes and bad assholes, and you're a good asshole in my books. Anyway. Paul leans, Paul leans over to the two of you and says, you want to keep your voice down if you're going to talk like that around the commander. Copy that. Um, yes. Uh, back to leading the column of security officers that are following you. <laughs> um, I'm going to give him a look and give Dari a look. And Dari kind of, Dari waits until he looks away and she just goes. Yeah. Jane, Jane mimics the look too, honestly. Bullions don't have hair. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. I'm keeping a close eye on her. She's um, doing now. great. She's doing like so good. <laughs> just extreme side eye from Olin. <laughs> um, but you here's what Jane concerned about while looking at, at, at this pad, right? And um, give me a second to like form my hypothesis and I'll have her ask it in character. But basically, yeah. you know, like every single like heist movie out there where they're like, we'll just replace the camera footage with like old camera footage and like make mm -hmm. it seem like, uh, like everything is going perfectly when in fact we are committing the heist. Um, in Jane's mind, she is is convinced that that is sort of what's happening with the data here, that the data has been tampered with to make it seem as if um, it's like, you know, everything is going perfectly when in fact uh, something is terribly wrong. So she wants to see if any of the data has been copied and pasted from like previous, like from previous days. Or, like, but what? You want to see if the data has been uh, forged if it's yeah yeah i mean i guess that's the easiest way of saying it um sure but okay. that's kind of where my brain is at okay taking the data pad out of dari's hand i would have you just scan over it um what you're going to need is you're going to need to compare it with your own readings okay or you're perhaps going to need to to use the ross and mm -hmm. compare what the ross reads but honestly the only thing you're going to get is a post-mortem and compare it to what, what you got. Your best your best bet mm -hmm. is to gain access to the database itself if you want to compare the data as it was before this facility blew. If you have a suspicion that this is not that same data, you'll need to go to the mainframe here at the colony. Okay, great. And or is you'll need to access it using a command code. What's that? Is the mainframe at the facility or is it elsewhere? No, it's here in the main colony complex. Y'all are leaving right now to go to the remains of the facility. Okay, well then I think that she wants to do, she, she wants to see what she can as much as like what's in her hand right now. She's going to go to the facility, examine the facility, and then if she needs to come back, she'll come back to check and see if it's forged. 
Okay. So right now I'd like to examine, like based on the data that I have to see if I can extrapolate anything. Can I tell if this is forged based off just the scans that I've done and the data that I have currently? Okay. Yeah. Um, the lot of you all step onto these skiffs that he has that mm -hmm. transport uh, people around the colony. It is a small colony about, as I said, probably was made to facilitate from five to a thousand people. The colony itself is very advanced. This is not like a backwater colony. The buildings mm -hmm. here look like a full-fledged, full-functioning, up-to-date Federation uh, colony, on not on the frontiers of space, but it's a Class K planet. So looking around, you see indications that this place has been self-sufficient and doing quite well for itself for some time. You also, Lacat, you would notice that a not, a not insignificant number of these buildings seem to be dedicated specifically to botany. <laughs> It looks like a lot of the facilities here are about environmental studies of the planet itself, um, which kind of speaks to like, what is the nature of these spores? Uh, like they've probably been studying them for a while. They seem to be very vital to the ecosystem of this planet. The skiffs, by the way, are very comfortable. They do have seats. They load you all up. There is room for those who want to stand. Um, but as everyone gets loaded up, these just skiffs just <laughs> Um, it's about a two-minute flight, quote-unquote, to the facility as you guys zip through this heavy air. It's um, As y'all are moving rather quickly towards the facility, now you're actually starting to get a sense of the thickness of the air. And you get what looks like condensation coming off of your skin. Exio, looking at it. But really? You, yeah, it looks like there's like little water droplets forming on your knuckles as you kind of lift up your hand. It is, in fact, uh, spores collecting from just traveling incredibly fast. They just look like little droplets that are just kind of running down your hand. Um, and at about that point, the uh, counselor leans back and says, don't worry, they're completely harmless. Although I, I guess you don't have to worry about that either way. He seems amazed that you're just kind of hair flowing in the breeze, <laughs> no mask on your face, just looking at your hand. Um, but then he diverts his eyes back and says, the uh, spores are respiratory in nature, so touching them is not a problem. We've been doing extensive research for years now. We're still trying to understand exactly how to manage this disease, but we haven't had the most advanced medical facilities at our disposal uh, ever since the end of the war, well, during the war, you know how it is. So many wounded, so much death. What is your field of specialty? I'm an administrator. Hmm. Eh, it's not quite as glamorous as some of the more scientific, but um, I enjoy helping people find their best selves and coordinating teams of brilliant minds to uncover the great mysteries. And I enjoy a good challenge. It's at this point where he's carrying on about this, Mm -hmm. Olin, that you're finally getting from the first time you're getting a sense of relaxation from him. Like he's happy for the question and he's answering it, but there is still that underlying fear that is just under the surface. Meanwhile. Sorry, just a quick question. Does it appear yeah. to be, is he tensing up more as we get closer or does it seem as though he is becoming more relaxed the further we get away from the facility? It seems like it's a steady. It doesn't seem like it's changed. Okay. You you might assume that, um, actually, why don't we do this? You've gotten the emotional intake. Why don't we do an insight roll here? 
Okay. So I say do an insight command check. Cool. I don't think I have any focuses that come into this. It's just my talents. So. May I assist? Since my line of questioning is to incur a sort of uh, emotional response to see triggers because we did bring I an impact on a, Yes. I would say that's that's rationale for an assist, yes. Okay. What's my difficulty? Difficulty is two. Oh god, my dice are tired. They haven't been rolled in so long. They're like, what's going on? What is this? Inside command, you said? Uh, mm -hmm. It's just one success for me. Okay, what'd you get, Exio? One, so you got two. We do um, have three momentum to use if you, if there's anything that could help. I think it's too late. I've already made the roll, so. Ah. You do obtain information, but really you're not going to need it. You, the result of the roll here is you get the impression, based off of what you're experiencing now and the, and the, the change in his mood, you get the impression that just going to the facility is really what's spiking a lot of anxiety. He does, he, he does not seem comfortable at all. This is why on. I brought him. Um, McCrell, as you step into the medical facility, you see this place this place does look like a comfortable medical facility that has been supplied by the Federation. And you see sensor beds, you see a surgical bed as well, but you can tell that this place is not running at full power because some of the medical beds look like they're completely offline. Mm, okay. And you also see, um, <clears throat> you see about 10 people lining the beds right now. Mm -hmm. There is one man who is tall, I'd say about 510, I suppose. Um, sort of like glossy jet black hair with that graying starting to appear in the sides. He has uh, a slight beard on his face. Um, Steven Yen looks like a frontier doctor, like somebody who's probably been practicing medicine outside of the fancy schmancy facilities most of his life. Mm -hmm. And judging from the lines on his face, He's done a lot of adventuring and a lot of smiling, but right now he doesn't look very happy. In fact, right now, as you walk into the facility, you see two things. Um, make an insight medicine check, and I'll okay. say the difficulty of this will be three. All right, I'm going to take a momentum. So we have two uh, insight. Oh. Um, okay. Okay. Okay, well, I crit. What was the difficulty? Two? Three. Three? Um, so I rolled three die. I got... A, I'm assuming my focus has come into play, correct? Which focus do you have? Uh, emergency medicine, psychiatry, botany, infectious diseases. Uh, yes, infectious diseases would come into play. It's funny, you're the botanist. Okay, so yeah, I in have that case, this is going to be super helpful. Oh, um, mm-hmm. In that case, the first thing you notice is obvious right off the bat is there is a small blue glow around the iris of his eyes. Oh, and it's okay. eerie to see it because you can see it from where you are walking into the room. He's a good 25 feet away from you and you can see mm -hmm. it from where you are. Um, it's subtle, but it's it's like light catching a reflector basically kind of. Um, okay. But the next thing you notice is he's doing this with his hand. He's like flexing his hand back and forth and rubbing his palm. Oh, he's starting like to get numb. Okay. Uh, yeah, your your medical instincts immediately tell you 
All right. That he's already hitting that stage where he's probably starting to experience some minor numbness in his fingertips. Mm. And you see him okay. just kind of doing this while he's looking at a data pad. Okay. Sorry, can we get a confirmation of how many successes that was? Because we don't know where we are on uh, momentum. Uh, I got three and one I thought was a complication, but it was a 19, not a 20. I got one success, a crit, and a 19. Okay. I apologize. So that met it and we don't gain momentum. We right? don't gain momentum. So okay. we have two. Sorry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Who, uh, what about, so looking at the other nine people in this medical facility, like what state, are they all at different states of the illness? It looks like the people that are in the worst state right now that are, are have erratic vital signs are the ones that have been delegated to the beds that have power. Mm, okay. Um, everybody else, some of them are sitting up and talking, but you can see that glue, that blue glow. Mm. Um, the fear in the room is palpable. Everyone is very nervous. Yeah, um, but my fur probably stands on end for a little bit, just feeling the tense. The tense. There, there, there is one patient. It looks like a fifteen-year-old girl who is currently hooked up to what looks like a life support machine and is breathing for her. Um, okay. She is where Doctor Yin is currently standing right now, and as you approach. <laughs> You can see he's talking to her. There are tears running down the sides of her eyes as she's laying still in the bed. Mm. And as you approach, you see his face light up for a second as he notices the Federation emblem on your uniform and the security officer following you. And he squeezes her hand and sets it down and approaches you uh, before you get close to the bed and says, you're here from the Federation. Yes, uh, Dr. Yin, I presume? That's right. I'm Dr. McCrell. I'm here to help. Um, I don't have much information on this uh, disease that the spores are causing, but if you can give me everything you have, I can do the best of my power to help reverse some of these effects. Well, Doctor, it's not good. It's not much. Apparently, with the environmental facilities working at full power, the colony delegated a lot of its research to the ecosystem. They didn't have to worry about the effects it had on people's bodies when they got sick, and they hadn't had a sick. They hadn't had a case since the colony was founded. As a result of this, founded. Do we have that information of the original? Yes, I have those files right here. And he goes over to one of the data pads and pulls it up and says, two men were infected by Starfleet Army Corps of Engineers, the Starfleet Corps of Engineers. Um, he hands you the data pad and he says, they were infected rather quickly. And they started presenting signs of the eyes. It's pretty much all here and brings it up. It says, these are the first two known cases. Unfortunately, we haven't learned much since then because... There was no need. There was no need. Until now. Oversight is now going to cost these people their lives. Not yet. First off, why is this medical bay not at full power? You should be diverting all power to to the medical facilities. All power has been diverted to the essential systems, Doctor. When the explosion took place, there was a, a siphoning effect that took place in the power grid. We lost half of the power grid, and it hasn't been restored yet. Mm. I'm going to make a middle note of that to... Uh send that back up to chief tech because that should be one of our first priorities <laughs> be like yo what can you do up there 
Uh, actually, screw it. Cheap tech from Dr. McGraw. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. McGraw, the cheap tech. Uh, go for tech. Is there any way uh, from the Ross that you can s see what the um, complications are with their power grid down here and maybe somehow divert some power to the Ross from... R divert power from the Ross down to the facility? In any way. Uh, just just to to give you yeah, yeah Xander you could probably bring batteries down like mm -hmm. it would last years. that's what I mean yeah, yeah yeah totally uh if possible I would like um as much that can be arranged to the medical bay if you can transport some down if anyone gets any worse I want to make sure we have the proper medical equipment and the medical beds ready I'll work with Chief Singh to transport down some batteries and Nsindari should be able to help you hook them up Yes, I have a feeling Insindari will have her own um, mystery to solve. See, but I'm those... keeping a very close eye on her. He, oh. She's doing great. Uh, attack, attack, I want you to make an insight command roll. <laughs> <laughs> insight command, okay. Do you want to, if you want to contest this, Macrell, you can try to lie. I would love it. It's presence command and the base difficulty is one. Nope. No, oh, no, oh, no, tech, 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 Dari is probably standing right next to her yeah. right now. Standard <laughs> protocol, they're definitely following okay, protocol. Okay, well, we have a problem with my role. I did get one success, but I also got a complication. Complication. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. you definitely believe me and mm. something else. Mm. It's um, that McCrell factor. Yep. It's, it's mysterious. <laughs> Yes, Dari is wonderful. Here she is now. Hello, Chief Tech. Oh, you sound different. Sassy, sassy, sassy. Oh, no, that sounds right. Okay, back to business. Sorry. He brings you another data pad and says, here are the results of blood tests that we've had of how the spores are interacting with both the circulatory system, the nervous system. Here are the neurological side effects. They're quite extensive, but nothing dangerous until you get to, well, look, he hands it to you. Since we also have spore samples, I don't have a lot to work with on this colony with no power doctor, and they have not been bringing us medical supplies. I can help you in any way I can, but no one has even bothered trying to synthesize a cure of any kind. No one has even begun the research required to figure out how to get this to stop happening. Well, lucky for you, I take a personal interest in the spores and plants, so... Dr. Yin, if you'd be able to assist me as much as you can, we shall get power diverted here as soon as possible, and let's start working on reversing these effects. For as long as I can help you, I will. Yes, well... With my help, perhaps... You won't have any necessities of not helping at all. Wait, you know what I'm trying to say. Words. Yeah. <laughs> trying to say he'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> In the McCrell way. Okay. <sighs> Words. The, the away team is arriving at the facility. <clears throat> Captain, on the view screen from that scan, you can actually see the away team arriving at the facility. You see these two skiffs pulling up to the outskirts. 
on the ground, it's extraordinary. It looks like some kind of blast. Now, from overhead, it looks like the whole place has been torn to scrap, but what it actually looks like is the right side of the building has been utterly destroyed, and some of the top part of the building itself has literally been peeled and folded over the other side, meaning that the building is actually fully salvageable. It looks worse from orbit, in other words. Up close, you can actually see that half the building is intact, and that some of the environmental systems might be salvageable. Um, as y'all, as the skips stop and Dari hops down and she goes, okay, I can work with this. Based on your analysis, Ensign Dari, where do you think the explosion originated? Not here. And she looks at him. I mean, I don't have to be a Starfleet graduate to know that. Where did this explosion take place? And he looks and says, I, I don't know. I wasn't here. There was just an explosion, and the facility went down. Uh, Jane is going to start walking in the direction she believes uh, the explosion okay. originated from. You don't walk towards the facility, Jane. You start following those sensor readings that you had on the Ross away. And, Captain, you see the Cardassian science officer pivot and start leading towards the point of the origin. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> with you? I just okay. say over my shoulder knowing that that uh, Lieutenant LeCat would have already started to investigate. What did you say, Alexia? Uh, take, uh, t uh, please take some security detail with you, Lieutenant LeCat, without breaking eye contact with um, okay. the gentleman. Okay. Prawl nods to two, two of the other security officers and they follow after you. Yeah, Jane <laughs> fully believes they're more than capable of catching up. So she's yeah. going to slow down. <laughs> Dari... Daria says, you know, it's, it's interesting, though, because you told us that the explosion happened inside the facility, that there was an explosion at the facility. But this is an explosion to the facility, so... Is this not the specialty that you specifically cited was your purview? Uh, administrative. I, I, I do enjoy the do science... You the facility and its ins and outs and who comes and who goes? Is that I... not your job? Well, of course, but there was no one here. Yet you could not provide that no one was here. Well, none of the colonists were here. They're fully accounted for. There it is. Olin, he looks at you wide-eyed for a moment, like, go ahead, I'm going to ask Exio and Olin both to make an insight command check here. Yeah, can I use my old reading talent since this is an altercation now? Yeah. This is a particular conflict. We are accusing him of something. Captain, from your view, way above the clouds floating in the heavens on the USS Ross, knowing your commander, knowing Olin, what you find interesting is that they haven't started walking towards the facility yet. They seem to be standing around the administrator and talking to him and not facing the building. <laughs> Sooner or later, they were going to have the, so do you know what actually happened and are you lying? Or <laughs> is there some point of incompetency? Yeah. I thought maybe they did it in the office before they left, but now they're doing it here. It makes sense. Friend, you can hear- Isolation friend. is an important part of interrogation, Captain. You would understand. Absolutely. Jane fully supports this. <laughs> are we- Style. You, are we doing Captain- you see Vren at the helm lean over to Lieutenant Spence, who's probably not used to sitting at the helm with Vren, 
and and hear the harsh whisper of, I bet you this is where Dari's given the administration. Uh, just as like a piece of flavoring, because Lieutenant Spence is part of the Ox Crew, Lieutenant Spence has definitely gotten the opportunity to like sit at the bridge because they won at bingo. Like they won the last round of bingo. <laughs> Okay. Um, and um, that's how Jane picks who gets to sit at the bridge, the end. <laughs> okay. Uh, and you're hired to be captain. I'm sorry, it's actually Spencer. I didn't write the R down, so sorry about that. It's Spencer. Um, um, there we go. Yeah. Are we making separate in, um, insight checks, or am I assisting um, No, check? I'm going to actually make this a separate insight check. Both of you are scrutinizing him right now uh, yeah, based I, on the reaction that he just had. Yeah. So cool. the difficulty is three. Uh, may I buy a die? I know we only have two momentum, but go for cool. it. Thanks. Is mine also a three? Yeah. Okay. But your specialties will absolutely apply here. I assume mine is insight command as well. Uh, yes. Four successes from Olin. This is what Olin does. Thank God for that third die, though. For real, for real. Yeah. Uh, three successes with my, um, I assume, my body language. Yeah. Um. Here's the thing is, like, where Olin has empathy and the ability to psychically receive emotion from people around them, you have the ability to basically study the, the body language of, of species. Grazanites are obviously a member of the Federation race. And as a result, you have detailed files on how they react. So it's not difficult for you to read what he is doing. But when Olin said, there it is, he reacted like, did I just give something away? Immediately kind of like has a wide eye and says, there, 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 what is? There's no, nothing. You might as well just start spilling it. We're already on top of everything. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> We're what? here to help you, and we can only do that if you have given us as much information as you can. And if you've run out of information, it's very possible you know somebody else who has the information we're looking for. And if you're protecting them, you're not helping the people on this planet or the colony. You start getting a sense of intense desperation, Olin. And it's a long enough hesitation that even Prawl notices it and quirks an eyebrow. Prawl, who is, of course, looking out from the shades that he always wears when he goes planet side, is still easy to read because he glances over at you, Axio, and you can, you can imagine what Prawl's eyes look like underneath those dark lenses. Um, you, Lacat, are approaching what looks like you're about maybe close to 200 yards east of the facility now, northeast of the facility, getting closer to the area where it was happening. Um, you approach what looks like the base of the mountainside. Okay. And um, it's like a crater. A crater. Um, about how big is this crater? Crater is about 500 feet in okay. diameter. Okay. Um, uh, who, and, and I've got my two security guys with me, right? Yeah. They're just watching you and looking around, but yeah, I would say the diameter of the crate about 500 feet. So quite large. Oh, I'm sorry. The radius is 500 feet. Um, the crater itself, probably about 
maybe at its at the center point, maybe mm-hmm. about a hundred feet deep. Okay, good to know. Um, I'm gonna have I'm I'm gonna turn to the two security officers officers I'm with and say, I'll take this way, you take that way. And Jane would like to pull out her tricorder and she's just gonna scan this baby um, to see if there's uh I mean Honestly, she's looking for that Polaron. Like, let's 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 start there. I guess. Okay. See more traces of. Go this. ahead and make a reason science check. Great. Um, um, and I'm going to. I'm going to set the difficulty of this, at. I'm going to set it at four. Can I use a momentum? Great. I'm taking one more die. <gasps> okay. Well, so I got a one, a twelve, and a nineteen. So truly, truly, we are living our best and worst lives right now. Um, can I use any of my focuses? I mean, it wouldn't matter. All this matter. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I I have survival sensors, xenobiology, astrophysics versus contact protocol. Space tactics and subterfuge, but I, I actually wouldn't be able to use it anyway because I got it. I got a twelve in a night. Oh, um, but I'm letting you know about the nineteen. But I got that one, three successes. But okay. four. But no, um, wait, I'm using a tricorder, right? Yeah, using a tricorder. Yeah, perfect. Okay. Um, yeah. So four. So you got the six. You got what you needed then. I got what I needed. All right. This is definitely the source of the polar on energy. Okay. It's residual. Um, it's not highly concentrated, which is not unusual. But if this was a detonation source, it it you are picking up trace elements of residual energy pattern. Um, and it did it occur. Um, did it occur around the time frame that um, our our Grace and I friend uh, uh, expressed that like they put out a distress signal, or does it seem like? The explosion happened, and then they waited amount of an amount of time before starting to put out a distress signal. It like, would, what would the timeline look like? It would seem to suggest, based off of evidence that you've heard so far, that this mm-hmm. happened roughly six hours ago. Okay. Okay, that's good to know. The detonation um, of this, I would say, spend a momentum for an information. Yeah. Do we? Yeah. Let's do it. Um, please. This may have happened with with. with being able to cross-reference the, the the Ross and being able to use a tricorder, you can actually calculate that this probably happened closer to seven hours ago. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. So they, I mean, you have an explosion. I, I It's not that weird that you're going to take some time to figure out what exactly to do. Um, but I... Um, <laughs> Okay, I think that what Jane wants to do is, and there's just from like a general look at this thing, there's nothing else that stands out that's weird, right? Just like a lot of the the soil around here, some of it has just been blasted black, like glassed over, like anything that has been in the vicinity of this crater, it looks like it has been darkened from a huge explosion. It is obvious to you on the bridge, Captain, seeing this, it is an impact crater of some kind, for sure. Do I, what, uh, just because Jane is curious, (laughs) um, she, and you said it's a hundred foot, like, in depth, uh, and so is it like a, 
like is it easily scalable down there or yeah, do you, you crawl into it yeah i'd like to crawl into it okay you slide down i mean the the slope is gradual enough that when you get down in there it's going to be a quick slide so i'm going to ask you to make a quick check um, make, hey, here we go. We don't see this too often. I need you to make a fitness security check. It's a good thing I don't make this check often. Um, what's the... the difficulty, difficulty is two. Oh, you're really gonna... Also, yep. we have no <laughs> momentum. Okay, I got, a, I got a one and an eight. So um, with my fitness of eight and my security of four, that is three successes. You succeed. You manage not to go toppling down into this crater. You manage I... instead kind of like put your hand out and slide down a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And as you get to the bottom of this crater, um, you have a much, what, what you discover is uh, your tricorder fluctuates a little bit from the residual Polaron energy. Polaron energy has the tendency of draining power. Okay. So as you get um, down here, you see your tricorder flicker a little bit, but it still works. Okay, this is good to know. Um, is it particularly concentrated at any specific points um if yeah, not at the very can... tip of at the very at the very base of the crater itself great um she would love to take some like actual like soil samples from this okay. maybe That's and uh she okay. she wants to uh and and i think that if possible she's gonna try to treat it like the trees uh, like rings on a tree so like she's gonna start at the center take a soil sample there and then like move a few feet out, take another soil sample. So like, she'd like to have a few, uh, um, make a tests. reason science check. Okay. Let's do this. Um, a reason science check. I got an eight and a two. I got, I hope this dice roller isn't, isn't loaded in my favor, but I got an eight and a two. An eight and a two. Which, which means a that that's, that's, um, if, so if the, I the difficulty use... of this is three. Okay, great. Can I use um, xenobiology by any chance? Nope. Dang. But I tell you what. No, wait. It's it's still a no. It's not. Never mind. Just kidding. It is a mm -hmm. no. You wouldn't be able to use that. Then I only got two successes, my friend. Actually, you might be able to use that. List me. Tell me your focuses again. Yeah, of course. Uh, survival, sensor, xenobiology, astrophysics, first contact protocol, deep space tactics, and subterfuge. Yeah, no, those are going to come into play. Absolutely fine. Um, <laughs> um, I'll take whatever two successes gets me. Um, you scan this, and what you mm -hmm. get back is that this was a crater of, it, it might have been an impact crater, something that hit okay. nearby, mm -hmm. uh, which isn't surprising considering that there's nothing out here. So it would have had to have been <laughs> like something basically blew up here at the base. Yeah. Uh, um, and so now that she's. Yeah, now that she's taken like a bunch of these samples, she would basically like to just do a, like science. a, a what? Do a science. Yeah, I would love to do a science. <laughs> um, yeah. But she, she'd love to just drop like predictions of like exactly what would need, like what will we need to like make a crater this big? Like what kind of weapons do we know that exist out there that can make You'll, a crater this big? I'll give um, you this, you're probably, I'll give you this. You're probably going to need to get that back to the USS Ross. Yeah. Okay, great. You're not going to learn um, anything from your tricorder that you haven't already learned at this point. Perfect. Great. And so um, in that case, she wants to get all this information back up there. And she's, she's done what she can at this crater. Okay. No, actually, she wants to do one more thing. <laughs> she 
she'd like to take a picture and save it for her girlfriend so she can know what this planet looks like. <laughs> you selfie with the crater. Um, also, real quick, um, sending that information back up to the Ross is going to put that into the hands of the crew stats. If you want to roll for this yourself, you have to go back up into the science and do the science on the Ross. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, honestly, like I'm cool with handing it back up to the crew because I feel like I've learned everything that I can from here and maybe the crew will be able to glean something more from the technology that we have up there. Okay, it's your call. Yeah. Okay. We are going to go ahead and pause right there and take our 10 minute break as this mystery continues to unfold. Um, stand by, come back. We'll be gone for about 10 minutes. We'll see you then. Welcome back. Let's go ahead and jump back into tonight's episode of Clear Skies. Um, when we left off, Jane had just taken a soil sample and a selfie <laughs> and, <laughs> and is currently in the crater. <laughs> um, to you, Captain, it looks like Jaden's doing some serious scanning right now. <laughs> um, what would you uh, like to do? LeCat, would you consent to let it be true that some of these things might have gotten ac accidentally uh, attached together? Oh, yeah. You definitely I need this. Thank you. Well. Good. Yes. Excellent. I just oh, I look. I just want it to be the thing that I see on main screen as as the data dump is coming in. I just want to be able to look to Asmi Shanto and just. I just want to know what color red I see. You swivel. <laughs> I mean, so what you get is uh, is Lacat has set down the tricorder, and you get Lacat like. Uh, what, what is Lacat doing in this picture? Honestly, LaCat's a really boring selfie taker. Nothing like it's not even like a heart. No, that is too too much. I think she's giving I think it's like deadpan face, but she's giving a thumbs up and that's <laughs> yes. Okay. So exactly. as the image comes up, Captain, you swivel and look over at Asmi Shanto, who's over at her duty station and she just <clears throat> <clears throat> Small smile to her face, but she uh, looks back over at her duty station and says nothing. <sighs> One of the finest young science officers in Starfleet. <clears throat> uh, Spencer, can we get a scan looking for any debris in this system that could have caused an impact consistent with that crater? Aye, Captain. Um, friend. Vryn brings. Vryn basically slides that image down off of the view screen <laughs> onto his console and just. Uh, Back to Captain Sol. Go for Sol. Um, Captain, I uh, have just sent up the soil samples from the crater, and I'd love to uh, have those be examined as much as possible to see if we can just project what could cause a crater of this size and like, you know, affect the soil in such a way. I feel like I've gathered as much information as I can from down here, but I will continue to look. And um, I would say, please only pay attention to the soil samples that were provided and nothing else. Oh, so Brand I should ignore this. And you, you, you can imagine that your captain is probably referencing something very specific. Right yeah, now. I mean, Jane was 
trying not to. Uh, she was hoping her captain would be like, "What thing?" But no. <laughs> no. So so it attached. I see. Well, if you could just uh, delete that permanently, that would be wonderful, Captain. Sell out. <laughs> <laughs> um, somebody roll for the Ross, if you would please. I need someone to roll a sensors science. Actually, check. Xander, you're up there. You you do it. Yeah, let's do it. Um, uh, can I roll an assist on the order since we're rolling on crew stats here? And they yes, that would be a good idea. <laughs> Thank you. Do you want so sensors science? This roll is four. And you say sensors science? Uh huh. Okay. Oh oh well, so that is just a complication. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Should, rolling for Ross's privileges are now revoked. <laughs> <laughs> Track now. What did you do, uh, okay. What did you roll? Right, the ambassador would never. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, are you holding your butterfly knife? Ah! Eric, shut <laughs> Don't, don't, don't ever <laughs> complication funny. again, Sander. <laughs> That's what Sam is communicating to you right now. What are you doing? <laughs> don't ever roll a complication again. Oh, no. Have a story gift. <laughs> I, one success from the captain, okay? <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I will allow you to succeed at cost, if you'd like, to reward me a second complication. Sure. All oh, right. no, no, what? We, I think so. We got to have this. We got to do, do it. We got to do it. Yeah, All right. there's no data like misinterpreted sensor data. Good like no Lord, data I know. I'm so much fun with this. I've got a pile of threat right now. Um, okay. Sure enough, the sensors start bringing back information. And Azari, as you're looking at the view screen, you instinctively almost rise out of your captain's chair as you start seeing the data come back on the view screen itself from the sensor readout. And there's a science that fall, there's a silence that falls over the bridge as everyone begins to realize what it is they're looking at. First thing that happens is the Ross detects multiple life signs about a mile north of the cratered site. Um, they immediately register as two Orion life signs and one humanoid life sign, one human life sign. The next thing you notice is there are two power sources that in, immediately are brought up on the screens that indicate that there is polaronic technology nearby. There's two points, they're near one of them. And as the sensors begin to scan these points, on top of these life readings, you see coming up on display in a tactical readout, the makeup tactical readout of what looks like Dominion Polaron torpedoes that have been, uh, that are currently two, there are two, there's one about a kilometer north of the impact crater, and there's another one a half a kilometer north of that. Neither one of them seem to have detonated. They're down there for some reason. Um, the sensors flicker a little bit, almost as if there's some scrambling taking place or somebody is trying to hide what they're doing. And then you lose the reading as I spend two threat they vanish from sensors seconds later. 
but you still have the point of origin, the triangulation. You know exactly where they are. Relay those coordinates down to Commander Prawl immediately and pull up records of the battle that happened in this system. Spencer, I'm going to need you to calculate the possible flight paths of any destroyed vessels and their ammunition. I need to know whether these torpedoes made planet fall after the battle or where on where they could have come from. Aye, Captain. Captain I want answers Chief. now. Yes, Chief. Chief Singh and I have been working on transporting things back down to the planet side, much like the power grid and emergency batteries. If there's anything that you need us to bring down or emergency beam back up, just let us know. Yes, start getting the supplies down. I think we <clears throat> may need to scramble an additional team to deal with this. Right away, Captain. And Tekko leave the bridge. Yep. So salt right prowl. now... Oh, go ahead. I'm salt Prawl. This is Prawl. Go ahead, Captain. You get that data dump I just sent you? He pulls... You see, as the two of you are talking to the administrator, um, Prawl steps aside and flips open his tricorder and looks at it and just says, Son of a bitch. Aye, Captain, I've got it. All right. I don't think we have enough personnel to cover the existing parties and peel one off to take care of the coordinates. How many more of yours am I sending down? I can do it about six. We could do a site to site if you want to take us straight to the location. Prawl to the cat. Go for the cat. The cat, I need you to double time back to us right away. Take the security with you. What do we learn? Do it, please. Copy that. Um, she's gonna turn to both the security personnel. Security, look at each other. You, the three of you, especially you, Lacat, you've heard that tone of voice. Prawl is all business right now. He is, something is very wrong. Something is very wrong. Lacat is gonna double time back, but man, she wants to Stay for a second, but she won't. Um, <laughs> she, like, something, like, yeah, she's heard that tone before, and she, I don't know, instinctively is like, I know we, we stay here, we like fight. Like, this feels like running away, and I don't want to run away. But she um, turns to the two security guards and immediately is like, Did you see anything out there? When... No, ma'am. No. All right, well, Prawl's going to need you. Let's double time back. Um, Three of you crawl out of the crater as quickly as you can, clawing at the walls of the soil as you get to the top of the wall and start beelining it back. Dust all over your uniform. Um, you're breathing heavy into your rebreather, but as you get to the top, you can see that they're still gathered over by where the facility is as the three of you start making your way back. Yeah, um, Dream just wants answers as <clears throat> possible, so she's just going to get back to the group. As Olin and Exio are in the middle of talking to this, Prawl steps forward suddenly and says, I'm sorry, I have to interrupt. Commander. Ambassador. And he turns and looks at the administrator and says, Administrator, what do you know about two Polaron warheads and discharged Dominion torpedoes located a kilometer north of here? 
and the administrator's eyes widen. And you just hear him say, they have my son. Then let us help you and tell us everything that you know. You are endangering this colony, your family, and my crew. They said they would leave if you left. They just want the torpedoes. They have my son. When did they contact you? They arrived maybe eight, nine hours ago. They threatened us. I told them to take what they wanted and go. They tried to remove one of the torpedoes. It detonated. Who activated the distress signal? I did. Because I thought they they wanted me to use you Use okay. us how, Prawl says. And he just says, <laughs> they, they wanted, I don't know what they wanted, but they let me send out a distress call. And then they took my son. They told me that if I didn't get you to leave as quickly as possible, that they were going to kill him. Excuse me for one moment. Captain. Commander. Um, it seems the truth is finally being told. We have a hostage situation with a minor. The administrator's son had been They allowed him to make a distress uh, to make a distress call. They said they needed us, but they want us to leave as soon as possible. I do not know what their intention is. Spencer, were you able to get a lock on any kind of a craft before that? Uh... <coughs> Signal went fuzzy? No, Captain. No indications of any craft near the planet. They have an exit strategy somewhere. I want you to find it. I'm gonna Dugan, get at them. Dugan speaks okay. up and says, Captain, I think I might have something. Well? Um, Dugan is the current tactical officer who is covering for Prawl. Yeah. He brings up a report that's the history of the battle that took place here six years ago. Um, and it all starts becoming clear to you immediately, Saul. You've seen this tactic before, and it makes sense the Dominion was doing this, but at about this point in the war, when the Dominion was starting to lose ground this side of the quadrants, they would do these clever little tactics where they would hide in asteroid belts because there was a disruptive to the sensors. And that's how they ambushed the Akira class, except for the Akira class knew that they were there. The anime knew that they were there. The anime, I should say. <laughs> the anime knew that they were there. Um, and it's the Akira class that's anime. The, the Akira yeah. class anime. It, it did <laughs> I didn't plan it like that. It's named yep. after the first woman general <laughs> in the United States and not after anime. It just happens to be. Um, but, uh, but you see it. You, you see the correlation. Looks like in the middle of the battle, there's ionic there's ionic fields detected within the asteroid belt that the Akira class picked up, and the 
Dominion warships, not only were they using that to their advantage, but they were also using it to hide their staging areas for raids on Federation ships through the area. The Cardassians and the Dominion both were using this the asteroid belts in this system. And apparently, and... according to the ship logs, there was an ionic explosion when one of these asteroids was destroyed in the middle of the battle. <clears throat> and it caused all three ships to lose power momentarily. And if I were trying to hide my craft while I was a terrible kidnapping piece of trash, I might try a very similar trick. So, uh, naturally, Vren, you're going to fly casual. You know the looks we take when we're not looking? We need to do those again. And are there any... Uh, communications buoys, anything else in this system that we can ping for logs? Basically, it's the oldest story of the USS Ross. How do we not make them rabbit? <laughs> Though they're I mean, on the planet now, so you know. We've got that going for us. of having a big, heavily armored, scale six Federation starship under your command is people tend to run when they see you. Um... Vren begins to break orbit. And you see the horizon dip below the view screen as the USS Ross begins to pull away from uh, the, the planet. And he says, setting not a course for the asteroid belt. Of course. Uh, oh. Hold on one sec. We good? Minor puppy emergency. <laughs> hey, you okay? I think Punky was trying to eat her food a little too quickly. Oh, no. Uh, give me Wait one second. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah, she's good. She's good. She's just being a dog. All right. <laughs> just being a dog likes to inhale, not chew the Dear food. God, um, dog. <clears throat> yeah, breathing, breathing dog food. Don't do it. It's not it's not worth mm -mm. it. It's not nice to break it down mouth first and then swallow it. Um, all right. <clears throat> the Ross begins to move away from the planet. Vryn mutters something under his breath that you, of course, can hear, Captain. Uh, but it's something along the lines of, I don't know how they're going to fall for this one. As you guys begin to inch closer and closer to one of the asteroid belts. Now, there are two, but one of them is clearly not a dense debris field of rock. That's the outer asteroid field. The one slightly closer to the sun is where it seems to be, or I'm sorry, the one that's actually closer to the planet is a little more dense. The one that's closer to the sun is a little more sporadic. So Vren sort of started moves you kind of in between both the planet and the asteroid field. And then there is the Scroll telltale sign. Oh. What were you gonna say? I, uh, Salta Singh. Yes, Captain. Go ahead. I want to send you the system celestial bodies data. The the closer asteroid belt is a bit more 
dense. Can you tell me, would it cause transporter disruption if someone tried to beam from the farther one through this kind of field? Where might we look for someone who's trying to hide but still has people who might need to get away quickly? Uh, I can analyze the data and get back to you immediately, Captain. Good. As soon as you can, it's urgent. Captain, you're not going to believe this. Lieutenant Duggan Duggan looks up from the from the command from the console at security and says, "We're being hailed." The audacity on them! I admire it on screen. <clears throat> um, <laughs> popping up on screen, you see a Zabalian. Um. He is bright-eyed, thin, and amused as he appears on screen. His hair is pulled back. If you guys want a quick reference of a Zabalian, that is in the episode The Most Toys, where Data was taken captive by a collector who was trying to keep Data as his centerpiece. Same species. Um, You see the Zabalian as he appears on the screen. He goes, oh, the jig is up. You found me out. Hello. Hello, Captain... Sol. Sol. Federation Starship Ross. It's Ross. And you are? Oh, oh, well, you can just call me Knighton. I'm a captain of a starship that has a name that you don't necessarily need to know, but I'm sure you'll find out eventually. But let's leave it in mystery. What do you think? Federation Starship captains love mystery. It's why you're out here in space, bringing all your morals and ethics to the galaxy in the name of the Federation. Right, but seeing as I found you, perhaps this is the part of the mystery with the long explanatory monologue as to what's going on here. Well, using my deductive reasoning, I'm assuming that since you moved away from the planet and because, of course, we've got notification from our friends in the planet that you discovered them, that you were coming to look for us and I thought I might save you the time and we can start discussing terms. Perfect, have you. Mm. I'm all about expediting this process. Then your terms, please. I have a buyer that really wants those torpedoes, Captain. It's very important that I get them to the buyer And so, in exchange for, instead of two torpedoes, I'll take one. I can be magnanimous. And in return for one torpedo, I will give you one kidnapped administrator's boy. Sounds like a bargain. I'm going to mute. the signal very quickly looked at uh, Dugan. Are you localizing off of this signal? I can keep stalling him if we need to. Trying to get a read, Captain. That asteroid belt is not making things easy. Hmm. That's why we have you here. Dugan nods and goes back to hitting up on the uh, on the consoles as you see he this <laughs> this captain is just waiting for you. Knight and just kind of waits patiently on the view screen. Yes, thank you for your patience. I was reviewing our policy on mm. negotiations. It 
it wasn't very good in your favor, but we could start off with some gestures. Proof of life would be a nice one. Of course. The view screen immediately changes, and you see a young Grazerite boy who is currently in a brig eating something. You're not sure what, but he's standing next to what looks like an energy field where you can see he's like behind this containment field, essentially. And you see the outline of what looks like might be a guard, but you don't get a good look at it before it goes back to the captain. He goes, that'll do. Uh, real quick, uh, can I... Actually, maybe this is a clandestine role of looking at this very quickly. What can I analyze about? Was that a starship hull? Uh, what kind of circumstance can I infer from, from seeing that video? It looks like the, the inside of a starship of some kind. Cool. It doesn't look like it's a facility. It does not look like it's... Uh... All right, so he's on the ship. Uh, all right, useful enough. That's it's clear enough just because. Well, let's put it this way. Why don't you make. So why don't you make an insight command check here? Mm-hmm. Or I'll allow you to use security as well. If you'd like to use that in place of command. All right. Uh, any particular kind of focus I should be aware of? Tell me about your focuses again. Uh, deception, ranged weaponry, intimidation, clandestine skills, persuasion, sense motive, and experimental technology. Don't fuck with Captain Saul. Oh yeah, I'm pretty um, sure that's a value somewhere as well. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it applies. You can just say yes or no. Only because <laughs> of a certain set of circumstances, it'll become clear once you get the answer. But I'm going to say clandestine will apply here. Cool. Oh, that's very lucky because that's a four and a three. Okay. Okay, so that's going to be two crits then. Am I correct? Yes. Yes, okay, it is. So that's going to beat the three difficulty. Yeah. All right. You can already tell whatever. The reason why you're able to pinpoint that this is on board of a starship because that clearly looks like a Cardassian ship. Judging from the lighting, from the the images that you see on the wall, um, and the, the brig itself looks very reminiscent of a Cardassian vessel. Hmm. Okay. Good. Uh, I'm going to uh, just out of frame of the camera, tap that out on a data pad and flip it over toward Dugan so he can uh, target his search based on a mission signature. Okay. Dugan nods as you transfer the information to the tactical and he starts to work. So how exactly do you expect this handoff to go. That's the thing. The the passing back and forth is always very delicate. It's always very deli- delicate, um, which is why I have a bit of a plan. The big one, of course, is that I'm going to need your Starfleet engineer's help to actually dislodge the uh, torpedo from its nesting bed. See, the last time we tried to do that, we kind of blew it up. <laughs> and uh, it's a bit of a problem, as you might imagine. I- you know, it certainly seems to have been for those poor colonists in the way of your rapacious greed. So, uh, you're going to rendezvous with us at the site for the torpedo? Oh, no, 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 no. I just want you to disarm the torpedo so that we can safely transport it aboard our ship. 
And then, on good faith, you transfer us the administrator's son. <laughs> this really does sound like... Well, it sounds like a plan. Why would I want another mouth to feed? And I'm not a murderer, Captain. I'm an arms dealer. I don't just mm. want to go around killing people. I just want assurances that I'm going to get my payday. So, disarm the torpedo. We do the little switcheroo. And I can give you the coordinates of where the Ross should be stationed while this is taking place. I will beam the child back to his father. I'll have my torpedo. We'll be on our way. Oh, you know... Arms dealers do good business. And I would believe in your good intentions so much more if you hadn't unleashed a pathogen on an entire colony. Oh, we didn't unleash a pathogen. It was already there. They were the ones that were stupid enough to build a colony on a world that was intent on killing them in the first place. But that's it Federation. Was leashed, darling. You unleashed. So, here we are. <sighs> oh. I forgot how morally superior you Federation types are. Okay, fine. Uh, it's the soapbox. Maybe at the past. Colony. So. Although, to be fair, it was more of the Dominion that did this. I mean, it was their dud torpedoes that kind of endangered everybody. I'm going to assemble my engineering team. Have you picked a torpedo in particular? Um, the one that you saw my associates before we were able to scramble your sensor reads. That would be ideal. And if that one doesn't work, we can just move on to the next one. All right, but I want the boy on the planet. I don't want to try to do some do-si-do. <laughs> so you can beam him up and then just arrest all of us? No. Don't you have a signal blocker? Didn't you just oh. use it? You're very resourceful, darling. I see what you're trying to do there, Captain. The, the truth of the matter is, is I became a Captain Arms Dealer because I don't really carry my ego with me into the command. Though I can be vain, I will admit. But um, not really ready to give it all away just now. No, I shouldn't imagine so. Which is why we always could hunt you down with superior manpower, run down the clock until I find you in space. You really are pinning a lot on your leverage here, and you don't know how high and mighty I am. Maybe I'm not that kind of Starfleet captain. May I roll intimidation now? Yes. Thank you. Go ahead and roll intimidation. I'm going to spend threats. Great. I'm going to take the momentum I earned from... Uh, knowing things all right and uh this feels like a good time for determination yeah it's a good time uh let's see i have a good value here a well-placed word goes a long way sure Ooh. okay so two six you tied. I will let you spend a momentum to succeed at cost, if you like. Uh, tie goes to active, doesn't it? Uh, it? 
in the course I say of because uh, that was the only momentum we had, the one that I earned earlier. Oh, I'm sorry. So. You don't have to spend momentum to succeed at, succeed at cost. You can simply tell me you want to succeed at cost. But um, it, this is a major NPC. Okay. So it's like PvP at this point. So if you right. want to, if you want to take, if you want to succeed at cost, all that does is give me one point of threat. Mm. Sure. Okay. In that case, you see, you see the polished veneer of a smug arms dealer drop a little bit, Saul, as he just goes. <laughs> But he doesn't have a snappy comeback to it. He doesn't have anything to come back at you with and says, you you see what you've activated in him is clearly a, a heightened sense of pressure being put on him. And he says, so the boy on the planet? With your people. Under guard or whatever it is. But that way, you all leave at the same time with your prize. You get what you want, we get what we want. Value given for value received. <laughs> all right, Captain. You have a deal. I'll be expecting treachery. As will I. I'll wear my special pips. Sell out. You just cut the transmission. Yeah, we're done here. All right. Uh, let me roll real quick. And Spencer, keep an eye. When they're transporting, might be the best chance to get a peek at them. Aye, Captain. Dugan looks frustrated. He's at the tactical command. Just You can hear the computer constantly sending back these denial chirps. Mm-mm. Is he's constantly trying to scan, get a handle on it. Um, if it were easy, they would have been caught by now. Don't worry. Pirates are good at this on purpose. It's good training. Aye, sir. Back down on the planet. McCrell, while all this has been taking place, what have you been doing? So, um, McCrell has been obviously going through her own, like, research of, and knowledge of any type of, um, uh, spore infectious disease, uh, mm -hmm. sorry, my cat's being extremely needy tonight, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Well, I mean, you dress like a cat, your cat's gonna be like, yo! He's been... <laughs> You should, you're lucky my mic wasn't on for like all of that because he was just rubbing on it. And anyway, it was weird. Um, so yeah, I, uh, McCrell's been going through all of her research and trying to come up with uh, some kind of solution. She knows she needs to make some kind of antitoxin for this, mm -hmm. uh, for this infectious disease. And she also needs to make sure that we can slow it down if she can't make it quickly. So she's kind of going through her uh, options. Okay. Uh, yeah, with Dr. Yin. Um, okay. Anyway, yeah. Uh, through this whole episode, I've been researching all kinds of fun stuff. Like I know. You've been giving us anthrax some and botulism. And the chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. The In that you know. case, I'm going to have you make a, a reason medicine check. Okay. And of you course. were not, you're not going to have the facilities of the Ross to help you here, but you okay. are going to have Dr. Yen. 
Okay, and I do also have a focus in a lot of this, I feel, yeah. with, the, with coming to help. And we don't have any momentum right now. Hmm. What's the difficulty? Uh, the difficulty of this is going to be three. Okay. Click, 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 click. Oh. Ooh, Dr. Yin with the one. Oh, thank you, Dr. Yin. And you have two successes from me, so that's three. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So specifically, you are trying to synthesize, yes, because Dr. Yin actually specializes in infectious diseases. They brought him here specifically mm. in case there was ever an incident with unknown pathogens. So he is currently using his expertise, which McCrell, as the two of you are huddled over the computer, you're seeing that he is being frustrated a little bit by uh, some of the limitations that he is having to improvise with. I have a question What's while that? that's happening. Um, at using my knowledge of, like, with with botany and infectious diseases, do can I find some kind of um, weakness in in what this these spores are doing to where I could slow it down? Like, will any amount of of cold uh, putting them in a cold environment, a warm environment, like, will anything change the spread of it or the... Right, that's what I'm assuming this role was. was oh, is that correct? then great. Then yes, this is exactly what I want. Okay. Um, the two of you working together for the past 30 minutes have been able to find a baseline understanding of how this works when it enters the body. Mm -hmm. um, curiously enough, it seems to have the same effect on just about every species that it has been documented coming into contact with. And there are multicultures here on this colony. Mm -hmm. So as you're bringing up some of the, some of the medical readouts that the two of you have gotten from just doing like a scanning of the blood samples, as well as some of the data that's coming back, you're actually finding that there are some pretty, uh, it would seem that the spores attachment that it's it's growth inside the body can actually be slowed down uh through uh a very simple process of synthetic blood transfusion hmm. which is not fun mm -mm. but looks like uh in this day and age in the federation it's actually quite you, you could it's quite simple to, to achieve um, the problem is, is you need power in the medical facility and that will buy you all time. Okay. You can basically run the blood through filters. It's not going to solve the problem of the effect the spores have already laid in. But it will at least and slow it down. Those, and to those who are in the final stages might are still going to need help. However, you might be able to stop it where it is now if you guys begin these transfusions. But it's going to be a very delicate process. It's not a standard blood transfusion. The two of you are going to have to monitor what's going on very closely. Uh, and and I need him to also have it too. Is yeah. there? Do we have enough power at least to do like one or two people, like the 15-year-old that is? You do. However, the 15-year-old uh, is the most extreme case right now. Mm -hmm. There are probably about four other people that are teetering close to where she is at. Jeez. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to... You're getting, you're getting to that point where you're going to have to start thinking about who goes next and how quickly you can do this. Mm -mm. Uh, I'm going to immediately be like, uh, Dr. McCrell to Chief Tech. Go for Chief Tech. <clears throat> Any update on getting more power down here? I am, we are at a critical stage. I need as much power as you can manage. Anything, batteries or some kind of 
any type of way to to transfer more. Uh, just a GM question. Is there any update on the power supply? You have enough power at this point in, in the batteries that you guys have been able to bring down uh, to, to replicate and to create. There should be enough power now to, to sustain the entire colony for the next week. Oh. Okay. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know they were already down there. Never mind. No, I have there. everything I they need. Not, Go away, uh, Bonnie. They were not down there yet. Oh yeah. 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 Oh god. They're, they're, oh. they're just yeah. They only just finished uh, creating them. Uh, okay. Doctor McCarl, we will get there as soon as possible. Uh, tech out. Tech to Captain Sull. Go for Sull. Captain, I believe that the engineering teams are ready to beam down. We have the emergency power supply, and I have everybody separated into groups that could be eligible for this bomb diffusion. Torpedo. Perfect. I'm going to send you to the location of Prawl's team, rendezvous with them, and move together. Uh, at the request, uh, Dr. McCrell is needing some emergency power at the medical station. Would we be able to send some engineers there to help set up the power station? Yes, I think we can find some people with engineering skills somewhere on this ship. <laughs> all right it's all out and tech will organize those teams and beam down so okay. we'll regret having to be an adult in the room one sec also just full transparency everyone's wearing a suit we're getting suited up before beaming down in what are you wearing the HSAs, <clears throat> the right. hardcore spore, or more. Ah, yes. I'm going um, to patent it. So I've got an extended task for you, Bonnie. Oh, crap. Okay. McCrell's going to have an extended <laughs> task in front of her. Okay. <laughs> You're like, ah, shit. Is it naming oh, like, the new armor? <laughs> yeah, I already did it. Extended task finished. <laughs> Points for McCrell. All right. Mm -hmm. The base, the base difficulty. Oops, hold on. Let me change oh, this. Oh gosh. Question about uh, this extended task. Yeah. Will this be with batteries and assistance from an uh, engineer? Yeah. Okay. This is assuming the batteries get down there and that she's going to have the time to do this. Okay. Because my intention was to send Ensign Dari back, but. Okay. Um, yeah, you can actually do it site to site if you want. Um, well, with the news of a warhead, I'm more concerned with the patients at the moment. Because um, yeah. if another one explodes, there, there's no hope. So, um, the the you know, I don't think their power can handle uh, another explosion, even if it's seismic. Um, so, the the intention would be to site to site Dari back. Um, okay. If there's word that uh, batteries have arrived on planet. Okay. Yes, because I'm keeping such a close eye on her as well. <laughs> That'd be the best right. dispenser to me. <laughs> so you order you order Dari to site to site back. All right, then Chief Singh is going to do a site to site uh, transfer with the data packet of the warheads. <laughs> okay, cool. So that's going to be saved. All right, let me do a quick roll for Chief Singh. Okay, site to site transports are not easy, but for Chief Singh they're very easy. Um, Dari nods to you, and. Uh, as she straightens her uniform and gets ready to beam, she looks over at the administrator and just goes, sorry about being rough on you. And she beams away. 
Um, moments later, Dari beams into the medical facility and looks around and says, okay, what am I doing? Uh, we need immediate power as, as much as we can. The moment those words leave your lips, uh, batteries beam down into the facility. From With the those, to the med beds, we <laughs> need to. Three packs of batteries beam down. Where are you going, Tech? Are you on site as well? Or are you beaming some, you're beaming down with them? I'm beaming down with the team that's going to the warheads. Okay, cool. Uh, so the batteries beam down to the medical facility and you beam down to the site with the warheads. Mm. Um, and I'm guessing you've got a security team with you. Yes. Yeah, uh, we sent them to the security team. Uh, I want I to make sure we don't actually enter oh. the site until I've gotten some kind of uh, quick cloak drop or something from uh, the kidnappers okay. to demonstrate that the they actually sent the boy to the planet because okay. they said they would but and i know this might shock you sometimes they lie <laughs> treasuries are foot it's a good thing you got an impact with you um <laughs> all right so tech appears as tech and beams down the security team everyone is surrounding in the area, you can see Yomti looks completely distressed. And Olin, you can see that he's watching things happen in front of him that are out of his control. He looks like he's completely a wreck. As he's watching a security beam down, people are coordinating. Prawl immediately walks over to Chief Tech and starts talking to him about what his plan is, how they're going to set this up, how they're not going to make any moves. They're going to get the boy back. They don't, they're not even going to try to stop the warhead unless they get an order from the captain. Like, that's all that matters is they're trying to figure this getting the hostage back um and you just see him he is just like they're gonna kill him they're gonna kill him they're gonna kill him they're gonna kill him you auntie i need you to do something for me yes of course i need you to take a deep breath deep breath you hear him inside the mask just You're in the hands of the USS Ross now. We are going to get your son back. We are going to take care of your people. Everything is going to be okay. Would you feel better if you went back to the facility? I, I don't know. I, maybe I should be there in case he's scared. He has to be so scared right now. The one who's scared right now is you. Yes. I'm sure he is as well. But I don't think it will make him feel better to see how scared you are. Do you understand? Yes, I think so. So if you stay, I need you to put on a very brave face for me. I can do that. I can do that. Um, Make a presence command roll. What's my uh, difficulty? Difficulty is two. Okay. Oh. Uh, yeah, two successes. Okay, you see him going. You're right. Yes. 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 Of course, you're right. Thank you. Of course. 
I'm going to be right here. And if things even look like they're about to get out of hand, I will do everything in my power to make sure that doesn't happen. Okay? I trust you. And I believe in you. Prawl moves over to you, Commander Exio, and says, Commander, yes. everybody on this away team, you're the one person that's not going to show up on a life reading scan. Yes. You want to do some security work for us? Anything I can do. There's no way. Well, let me put it this way. I was a sharpshooter in the war. I think you knew that. Yes. They're going to have one out there. Understood. He nods. Um, I, uh... Captain? Exhale. Any confirmation that the boy is on planet side? His father could use some reassurance right about now. Olin is working their magic, but he's quite shaken. Just, like, to answer the question for you, at that point, you see Lieutenant Spencer swivel back in their chair and look at you, Captain, and nod. <clears throat> and they bring it up on sensors. You see um, the... Uh, now you have perfect clarity. <clears throat> you can see from the upper atmosphere, you see the sight of what looks like buried in the rock face, a Dominion torpedo. Polaron torpedo slammed into the rock face and is just sitting there. Um, you see about maybe 600 feet away from it are a collection of people. Two Orions, looks like two humans, and what looks like a Grazerite young boy. Did you get anything on the origin of the signal? Uh, after, after rolling, he did not. Uh, right. Yes, the boy is on site. Understood. Um, and Captain, if you could keep a eagle eye and um, of the meeting site, but more the surrounding, Prawl is um, got a working theory that there might be some sharpshooters in the area that I am going to suss out. So if you have any aerial information, please um, beam them directly to me. <laughs> Will do. These high-resolution sensors are... Impressive. Well Let's just say I like your earrings today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just look up and uh, and <laughs> jingle and then and ding, just jingle them and then give a, a quick wink at the sky. <laughs> it's, it, I can't stress it enough. High resolution sensors on the USS Ross. It's literally like someone. It's literally like you know a full like. Like a, like a Twitch streamer, full like headshot. It's Exio on the view screen, just looking up at you and dangling her earrings. And you, Vryn, just goes. Beautiful. Commander, just so all of these teams coordinating understand what is happening with that torpedo at the end. Yes? Yes. Good. Many roads there, but we understand the destination. They are not getting that warhead, Captain. So 
Sorry, what was that? You're breaking up. Nothing. Alright. Sell out. Be careful. Moving out, Captain. See you on the other side. Good hunting. Well, actually, I'll... You'll see me the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, counting on it. Out. Prawl... Prawl steps forward again and to the group and says, I have a request and you're probably not going to like it, Commander. What is it? I've been talking to the security team to get some ideas of how we approach this, and we all agree that Ambassador Majanil should be our point person on this one. Have you discussed it with them yet? Not yet. They're not going to like it. They're probably going to say no, but the truth is, if there's one person who can read the situation and possibly even talk it down from going as far as it needs to go, it'll be the ambassador. I think that's an excellent idea. I'll go ask. Good luck. It gives you a smirk. <laughs> um, I, uh, I approach them with my intention um, on the administrator. Um, can you remind me of his name again? Yes, his name is Yomti. Y-O-M-T-I. Okay. Administrator Yomti. Yes, Commander. I have just been given confirmation that your son is on planet side. He is in a much He's okay. He is perfectly fine. We have sensors on him. We can see him. He can I actually show him a data reading of his son? Yeah, yeah you um, bring it up. And he just goes planet side. And and we're going to get him back. Yes. We are. All of us. That is the main goal of this mission. Um, what do you need me from me? Do you need me out of the way? Do you need me to do something? Um, you are welcome to accompany, but it is going to be an incredibly dangerous situation. But I believe you there might at least keep him calm. As we will not be familiar faces. I've... Let's just say, Commander, that as of moments ago, I may have found resolve that I didn't know I had. And he nods over at Olin. Olin. Yes, Commander. May I speak with you for one moment? Of course. We're going to be leaving soon, Administrator. Um, uh, go see Commander Prawl. He will um, outfit you with the proper safety protocols and equipment. And he moves over to Paul. Olin, um, how would you feel about being point lead for the hostage negotiation? Um, <laughs> well, I, you're not going to do it? I unfortunately will have a different task today. And to be honest, I actually think you're far better suited. Well, this I did. Particularly, um, despite not being in a conference room, is quite a diplomatic undertaking. 
I did promise Yomti that if there was anything I could do to help defuse the situation, I would do it. And if that means that I am the face, then I will be the face. Ambassador, I think you already have been since we got Planetside. It seems only fitting that you continue to be. Thank you, Commander. I will not let you down. You haven't yet, and I will be keeping you safe. Let's move out. As you all start getting your equipment and getting ready to site to site, Prawl moves over to you, Lacat. And as everyone's getting ready to stand in position to transport, he just looks over to you and says, remember when we flanked those bastards back on that Klingon planet? Jane is so happy to hear that because she was about to say, I'm about to beam up. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and to hear him yeah. say that. Don't let anybody know this, but you've gotten a good read on me, which means you're just as useful to me as my security team right now. But it's up to you. If you want, I could use you. I wouldn't dream of missing out on the fun. Um, maximum stun and get ready for some fun and uh, yeah Jane just does that and he's not an empath but there is just a there's there's like a brief moment of relief and she steals herself and falls into formation okay he triangulates on a data pad to the other security officers handing him out letting him know where they're going to be transported um getting a good overview map of the situation and where the boy is. Um, he nods to you, Exio. Prawl, I went ahead and rolled for him. He gave you coordinates that he believes is the most efficient place for somebody to be set up for a sharp shot. Um, and just so you know, I rolled four successes. So write this down when we pick it up next week. You have two net momentum. Excellent. Um, I, I will say my last, uh, the last they see of me, um, I essentially look like I'm now wearing a mirror suit. I have no physical body. Oh, yeah. Bending the light it around you. Like, he hands me the data pad and then it just goes zoom. To this day, just so y'all know, there is technology this day that allows us to basically use that technology on tanks. Yeah. And it requires a satellite link up to know what the surrounding area looks like. You're linked to the USS Ross. So you basically go full predator and just <laughs> which is terrifying and i hadn't considered that as an application that exio could pull in a situation like this but you essentially have the cloak invisible if you need it in this situation um, i can present however i want there is one thing i'm going to leave you all with as everyone stands in position and, and informs uh sing to get ready for the site to site transport and that's olin there's something dark in Prawl right now as everyone's lining up. There's a part of Prawl that you sensed misses this. There's a part in him 
that you're sensing this the adrenaline is kicking in um it's not it doesn't have intention you get the sense that he misses being in danger you get the sense that he misses fighting it's a part of him you actually have felt him stow away while serving on board the ross it's a part of him that probably hasn't gotten to come out since there was fighting in his life every single day and while this might not be immediately worrisome he's a security officer who's hard-edged and ready to go like he is ready to move for some reason olin there's something about it that makes you nervous and the transporter activates and that is where we are going to leave our episode for tonight as you guys all beam onto site I new really territory for the crew of the ross new territory for the stream punks you guys in the sally ride didn't have a, a mission like this either this is like a whole new whole new situation i uh was like oh we're gonna resolve everything and he's gonna forget about my extended desk and i guess and i'll just be like roll, um, for, roll for cure <laughs> i did it I am, by the way also bonnie i'm letting you know um, even though you do guys have power right now, it is not going to be a timed task. However, you are only going to get eight attempts. Okay. Which, isn't, like which isn't, which is a lot of attempts. Yeah. But However, if, but those will stack up if you, because yeah. I'll, I'll feed you how much work needs to be done and what the magnitude is later. Because eight, eight attempts doesn't sound sounds pretty forgiving until you find out what the magnitude is and how many what the work track is looking like. Great. So thank you, thank you, Prawl, for that. Look, I was like, thank you, Prawl, for that two momentum because we still had like zero, and I was about to yeah. go into an extended task with nothing, and I was like, no. Yeah. yeah. So good job tonight, y'all. Hopefully, I can um, generate some momentum before you see it. You have a medical mystery. You have a diplomatic mystery. You got a combat mystery. You have an engineering task that needs to be done. You guys are juggling plates. I'm curious to see how it goes next Monday night. Um, <laughs> join us here next Monday for another episode of Clear Skies. Until then, my friends, hailing frequencies are closed.